Oh, God. The time has come, dear Tuesday Review listeners, for the flashback episode re-upload of our old Last Jedi reviews. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Callum. And, like, I'm sorry to listeners, but also, this is really important. (laughs) Especially considering, Um, until recently, The Last Jedi was considered... To be one of the greatest Star Wars movies. Well, yeah, we we, and talk- we were we were hating on it before it was. Yeah, cool. we talk about in the episode about the weird critical reaction to it. We had to uh, really deep dive into what the hell went wrong. Yeah, and look, because it's that- still it's still confusing as to what the yeah, hell. Yeah, the wound the the wounds haven't gone. No, but I, I will say that I think it's important. This episode or episodes mm. are important because. I feel like at the time, certainly at the time, we felt this way. Yeah. We were the only people who didn't like The Last Jedi. Well, no, I don't think that's not, true. Not but like literally the only people, but yeah. a lot of the critical yeah, response because, was overwhelmingly yeah, positive. This this episode came out in uh, when we released these episodes in December 2017, just after Last Jedi came out. Like, yeah, I think we were really at the forefront of like, these are really major problems that need to be addressed yeah. that no one else was talking about because the critics were loving it. Fans were divided, yeah. but it's kind of like we were just like there was. I didn't see anyone kind of actually analyzing. Yeah, the movie. not in not in the same extent we did. Yeah, um, so we actually did four parts to the last Jedi review because I was so devastated and so confused, and and I needed to get to the bottom of why this film was so yeah, look, so terrible. None of us were the same after the subversion. Yeah, even after those four parts, we didn't get through everything. Um, because we really got into like the industry problems and the the Disney problem and the the superhero fatigue we were feeling at the time, and so because we were on live on the radio and we were on the hour time slot, we recorded four separate hours and I released them part one, part two, part was, three, that part was a four long month. Yeah, and uh, so for this re-upload for the Tuesday review. I thought I'd combine parts one and two together. Um, so there'll be a small pause between when part one ends and part two begins. Um, especially if you've been listening to Tuesday Review for, you know, since the beginning or for the last few episodes, you know we talk about Star Wars a lot and these flashback episodes and re-uploads will inform what we're talking about and that we don't just like to whinge. It's like we actually like to get to the bottom of the problem and yeah. and try to, you know, figure out why where things went wrong like we might we might be a bit better now in our presentation and yeah. our you know the way we analyze movies but we've always wanted to deep dive into these issues yeah, exactly yeah and those were kind of really the the star wars episodes really are the the i guess the first types of episodes where we really dug really yeah, deep really deep yeah like we do it more now because yeah. we have more time and there's less mm. pressure but those episodes are really the first examples of where we could head as a show, yeah. almost. A lot of the old Man with Some Movies episodes were just like more simple reviews. Um, some, you know, some anal- like analysis, but yeah, because we only had the hour on the radio, it's like it's not the same as it is now where we go deep for like two hours. Yeah, and it, it, it is important listening for the show. They're important in the overall Tuesday Review canon. Yeah. It's our journey. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, you know, forgive us our rants. Yeah. Um. And but, uh, if, you, if you're content, a fan of the show and you like it when we talk about Star Wars, it probably yeah. is it's, somewhat it's, mandatory it's the listening. content, like my presentation might not be the best, especially because we only had the hour. I was talking very, very fast. And Callum and Nathan and Matt, who had joined us for the, the first part, um, they couldn't get a word in edgeways. And I was just, you know, going rapid fire. Yeah. And my presentation might not be the best, but the content is so important for, for, you know, what we've been discussing on the Tuesday Review. Yeah, it's just important to to flesh out, you know, what we've been talking about and, and what we will be talking about with the Rise of Skywalker review. 
it's funny because we like you know talk about things that will obviously come up in the uh, Rise of Skywalker review, um, but before we you know we knew what Rise of Skywalker would be. This is also before we heard the news that Ryan Johnson had only written one draft of The Last Jedi. So we did all four parts of The Last Jedi review thinking that Ryan Johnson was just really bad at writing yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, we thought he sat down, he crafted yeah, it. And it turns out that he just kind of wrote it on a napkin and filmed it. Like it, it was that. So yeah, that, that's an important thing to add that we didn't even know that at the time. Um, but yeah. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, please listen to the whole thing. There's like major trigger warning because you like, you know, I get really mad and I get, you know, complain a lot. But I feel like it's important to listen to the whole thing. Don't skip parts because, you know, you'll you'll miss out on the context as to why I'm discussing certain things in the way I am. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Sound the alarm. You're listening to Man vs. Movies live here on 98.9 Northwest FM. I'm your host, James, and on tonight's show, I'll be reviewing Star Wars The Last Jedi. I'm joined in the studio tonight by Callum, Nathan, and Matt. Thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Uh, Sorry, James. Before you start, I just want to give a word, uh, like a a warning to all... Uh, Rant rant warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Yeah, yeah, trigger warning. Grumpiness warning. Yelling warning. Uh, I'm going to get mad. This isn't going to be pretty. So <laughs> yeah, if, no. if you really love this film, please turn it off. <laughs> turn it off now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, if you're interested into what we think, please stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't heard the previous Man vs. Movie Star Wars special, uh, the first one was uh, back a year ago. That was episode eight of Man vs. Movies. And uh, we also did one last week, the second Man vs. Movie Star Wars special, which was episode 59. So download those check out what I what I talk about how I talk about the original movies and Force Awakens and and that'll give some context to my feelings towards The Last Jedi and also check out the Looper episode which was episode 58 of Man vs. Movies uh, which of course will provide context for for the new uh, Last Jedi as well because of Ryan Johnson being the director Uh, so I'm now going to go straight into my spoiler free review of Star Wars The Last Jedi no spoilers for this section of the show Uh, so uh, Last Jedi was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who I'm a big fan of. He did a uh, movie Brick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper, all three movies I really like. Brick and the Looper, two of my favorites. Uh, of course, this movie takes place right where Force Awakens ends um, and picks up where the Resistance is escaping from the First Order, uh, who are now sort of invading the galaxy, and Ray is now on the island training with Luke. The music, of course, is done by the one and only John Williams. Uh, I think the score's a little better than The Force Awakens, but it's still underwhelming. I think at this point, it's just really feeling kind of tired. The cinematography is by Steve Yedlin, who did uh, Ryan Johnson's previous films. Uh, I think it looks a lot better than Force Awakens. I think this oh, movie, yeah. I think this movie looks pretty nice most of the time. It has some great shots, but I think just in terms of like how they color grade modern films, and and of course they have to be somewhat consistent with Force Awakens and so I don't really like the way it looks a lot of the time and I think a lot of the problem to do with that is how I didn't like the designs in the Force Awakens and and a lot of that carries over. 
And of course, despite the emphasis they keep putting on the practical elements, there's still way too much CGI, green screen everywhere. It gets a bit much. Uh, the action is generally better than The Force Awakens, but there's still, again, too much CGI spaceships flipping around. There's no li- li- little tension. Uh, and, and Ryan Johnson at points goes completely ham with the green screen sets and what force powers can do and, and all the crazy little critters running around. Uh, it's just too many of them. Uh, I hate the porgs, those little, ugly, stupid, annoying penguin seal things. They're, they're terrible and I hate them. And, and, you know, people are like, oh, they're not that bad. They're not in that much of the film. They're in pretty much the whole film and they ruin very specific scenes throughout the, throughout the whole movie. Uh, Finn uh, is given a little bit more development this time around. He isn't just a comic relief character like he was in The Force Awakens, but really, you can cut him out of the film. It doesn't really matter. He's not really a good character at all. Um, He's not really given much to do in terms of the overall big picture. Uh, Rey is still a non-character. The things she says don't really make sense for her character because her background and experiences haven't really informed her to that. She just says things that a young Luke would in the original because really she's just a stand-in for a new Luke and really she's not a character on her own. Um, which is a bit sad because I think Daisy Ridley could do a really good job with a more fleshed out, uh, better written character. Kylo Ren is still the most interesting character in the movie, and I just think Adam Driver is really, really good. He's just he always it out of the park. he's always on top of his game. He he really knocks it out of the park. Uh, Leia is given a bit more to do this time around, but is generally pretty much pointless. I thought honestly, talking about it, I thought Leia. Just- yeah, it's not that, that's not Leia. There, there, it, it wasn't yeah. Leia. There, there's honestly, there's also points in this film where she kind of disappears, and it's kind of like we really need to be seeing her now. She didn't really do anything in Force Awakens. We really need her back, um, and especially now that Carrie Fisher has passed away. Of course, they didn't know that at the time of filming, but it's kind of like we really needed that, and they didn't take the opportunity well, there. I feel like they sort of wasted their opportunity with exactly. the trilogy of original sort of heroes. Exactly, like yeah. all of them have been pretty much wasted. Exactly, and and Mark Hamill is great as Luke I think he does a really good job but I think what Ryan Johnson did with Luke's character was wrong on so many Look, levels I feel like it's a crime somewhere like it, 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 there has to be some country that Ryan Johnson can't legally go to now. It, it, it he was, can't come here yeah, 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 yeah. actually no if Ryan Johnson wants to come on my show I'll get him on my show uh, I'm not yeah I'm, that's <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not we, banning We can him. just talk about Brick. We can talk about Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did we'll, not discuss No, we'll Star not Wars. talk about Star Wars. <laughs> um, other minor characters, you know, Poe, uh, a new character, Rose. Pretty much pointless. pointless uh, yeah. Rose is just the new character they have to bring in because it's the sequel. She could be cut out. Everyone could be cut out, really. Like Force Awakens, like Rogue One, these characters can be plucked out one by one and you don't really notice them. Can I be honest um, with you? This movie didn't even need Luke. Like it, it, Luke was pointless yeah, in this film. Pretty much, yeah. I, I liked um, his performance in it, but he, did, he offered nothing. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, however, uh, Benicio del Toro, that guy's on another level. Oh like, man, he that, the I best. don't, I don't know what drugs that guy's on, or you know what planet he's from, but he's just always on another level. He's just doing his thing. He was the guy that played the, um, the, the DJ, the Codebreaker, Codebreaker. That's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, it's kind of funny because you know I've been saying these characters can be cut out of the film; uh, they're kind of pointless. And you know, in in Usual Suspects, Benicio del Toro's character, the reason he he kind of speaks, you know, you can't really understand what he's saying. 
saying is because his character wasn't really important to the film. So Benicio del Toro made a a choice to make his character kind of a mush mouth, like you couldn't really understand, like because he's pointless. <laughs> and I think, that. and I think this is another example of that. His character is so wacky and strange, and he's got this weird stutter. And I think he he understood that this character's. A fluff, Points, yeah. and so he was just getting everything out of it because he's on another level to all the other actors. He's crazy, like he's he's he's, <laughs> he's out there. So um, the story itself has too many subplots, stops, starts, twists, and fake outs, and it's too drawn out. It's this movie, this movie's too long. It's the longest Star Wars movie, and it doesn't need to be this long. The whole middle bit was just like. Why is this happening? Exactly. Like, it, it just, oh. Nothing essentially happens. Pretty much, no, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, it, it also has a bit too much of The Empire Strikes Back in there with a little bit of, little bit of uh, Return of the Jedi thrown in. A lot, of, a lot of reviews have been saying, oh, it differentiates itself from Empire Strikes Back. But I think there are enough similarities to start making it a problem. Yep. Uh, there are entire sections of the movie that could be condensed or cut out. It's, it's too long. Uh, the structure and pacing feels off. Uh, I call it uh, Attack of the Clones pacing. It's like kind of slow in areas, and then it'll just have it's crazy. Choppy. It'll have crazy critters and CGI stuff going on, and and then it'll be a quote unquote mystery, but you really don't care, and nothing actually matters, and it's it's, it's well a waste of time. Yep. Uh, there's a joke every second, like it's just you know jokes, jokes, jokes. Dude, sorry. they're not even good they're ones. Not even they're good. not even good. Yeah, in the cinema oh, I went to last night, it was full. Yeah. Not one person laughed. Not it's, one. It, Their jokes were that bad. It's all like CGI slapsticky stuff. Uh, aliens falling over onto each other, fighting on each other. It's prequel levels of terrible stuff. And there's a sequence in the middle of the film involving Finn and Rose that feels like it's out of the prequels. It doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. It feels like a just wibbly-wobbly CGI stuff. Them running around, jumping. It feels like something out of Fantastic Beasts or Harry Potter. It's like CGI crap everywhere. It slows the film down when we should be focusing on uh, Ray, Luke, Kylo, the more interesting characters. Um, the main kind of the main drive behind the story involving the resistance and their struggle against the First Order is one of the most painfully slow and boring plot devices ever seen on film. The whole like the resistance getting away from the First Order is literally just them driving in a straight line very slowly. Uh, it's <laughs> it's just it was a bad idea to begin with, and I don't know why people are trying to defend it. And like I said, every time we cut away from Luke, Kylo and uh, Ray, who are the most interesting characters who have the most emotional uh, uh, development, uh, we, we just keep cutting away to the slapstick jokes, to Finn doing something, to Poe doing something, uh, you know, to other less interesting subplots when we should be more focusing on those core characters that haven't been developed in The Force Awakens and are now not being developed in this sequel. Well, dude... As, as I said with the previous one, uh, I, I've spoken to you about it. Ray, even when she was like getting her like her ass kicked, I couldn't care less. It, like I, I she, she, I don't she care about n- any of the characters in this film, even the original trilogy characters. Yeah, I, I couldn't care about like I Luke. Care less. I, I wanted Luke to, to be something in this film, yeah. and he. he Honestly, <laughs> the moment he you see him at the start of the film, yeah. I'm, I'm, I won't spoil it because you know. Yeah, no, we'll it's, get it's, into it's, it. This is a spoiler free zone, but. The first thing he does, and you know what I'm talking about, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I, I'm, why? This I, I knew from that moment we were doomed, yeah. and 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 that's yeah. so just just by the fact that this takes place right after Force Awakens, it kind of has to take elements from the Force Awakens, which is a big problem for this movie because it has to fix a lot of the crap that J.J. Abrams set up. 
But then on the other hand, it completely ignores or goes against stuff in The Force Awakens. And so it becomes this contradictory movie to its predecessor. And and a lot of the questions raised in The Force Awakens that we, we needed to be answered are just completely ignored. Um, and it's almost like like where The Force Awakens is a reaction to the prequels. It's just a nostalgia trip. It's just a safe zone to say this is Star Wars. Uh, the Last Jedi is almost a reaction to Force Awakens. And it's saying, you know, the the original trilogy, it's demythologizing the original trilogy. It's demythologizing the Force. It's a big F you to Abrams, who's now returning for the ninth movie um, and I guess is now going to have to take what happens in this movie and kind of contextualize it for his style and what he thinks of star wars so it's this big mess of a trilogy that it's it's gonna go you know it's it's contradicting itself it doesn't make it's there's no sense of consistency um and it's gonna end with a trilogy where nothing really ends up happening and there'll be a reboot at the end of nine pretty and much we, we can say there's a whole three movies where nothing happens pretty much yeah so um, what, what do you mean by reboot like they're gonna re- redo it again like oh no no i mean th- like the the state of the universe yeah. will be exactly the same oh, as yeah. it was yeah and at the end of the previous yeah. movie yeah, yeah. um and, and they've only got that one movie left and this movie feels like it should have been the first movie it's kind of like bur- like literally they say like burn burn everything to the ground you know uh, f- kill the past they actually characters say that in this movie and i'm just like you can't do that. This is the second movie. We should be setting up the characters in the world, and we're not. Like, it, it, there's only one movie left, well, and, yeah, and they, they, should, they should be setting up the finale for yeah, the movie. Exactly. Instead, they're just like they're still they're still doing the beginning, sort of looking at their. This, fa- this yeah. almost feels like a prologue to the yeah. to the new trilogy. Like, it, they're still they're try, they're still trying to figure out what this world and what the characters are, and they clearly don't understand. And it feels like a Zack Snyder DC movie. And I actually uh, I read a comment on the internet today, yeah. and uh, it just said these the problem with these movies are they're Marvel movies in a Star Wars wrapping. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. There's, they've turned Star Wars into a superhero movie, but you know, like I've talked about in my Justice League episode, like Zack Snyder was someone who you know clearly didn't really understand the superheroes he was making, um, but he was trying to do this edgy interpretation. But at the same time, he had to say, "Hey, look at all these characters you love," and this is kind of a Star Wars version of that. Um, I think Ryan Johnson's a bit more aware of what he's doing, uh, but still, it just doesn't work. Um, now, in saying all of this, I saw Last Jedi a second time. Uh, I did the same with Force Awakens, which I hated upon first viewing, but I saw it again because I was like, I want to see what the fuss is about. Why is everyone loving this movie? You know, what what did I miss? And, and now that I've had my strong reactions to it, I can sit and I can listen to the dialogue, I can look at the visuals, and I can sort of soak it in even further. And I've now come to the conclusion that the problems with this movie are so deep, it's hard for me to just express them in a review. And so I've kind of come to the decision that we're just going to have to keep discussing this movie until I'm satisfied. So pretty much from now until uh, forever, every episode of Man vs. Movies is going to be about The Last Jedi because, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, what this, you know, is this movie good? Is this movie bad? Is this movie better than the prequels? Is this movie better than Force Awakens? Yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, it even goes deeper than that. And you have to bring in conversations of like, uh, arguments of like you know what what does superheroes mean for the state of Hollywood right now? How do people view movies? How do people view the original? Like it just becomes this weird abstract thing where you have to keep in bringing these outside arguments that are almost outside of the film itself, and and it just it keeps going, 
and I, I can't reconcile. I can't, I, can't, I can't express to you. My brain doesn't work fast enough for me to talk out the words. James, the answer is money. And, That's and that the mouth. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that too. And, that is, and that, that is the bottom line. We'll get into that. Um, the way Ryan Johnson deals with legacy, mythology, and the force are so extreme. I felt like I was watching a superhero movie. Um, they've also pretty much made uh, Force Awakens into the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> where This feels like Fast and Furious 7. You know what I mean? It's just crazy stuff happening. Characters we know and love kind of doing crazy and crazier things. But it was just slow though, James. Like, it, it wasn't fast. Exactly. But, but you know what I'm saying? is like every movie now is a big blockbuster franchise that feels like a superhero movie. Even, uh, fan, even Fast and Furious is a superhero, is a superhero movie, movie now. Yeah, so, yeah, it loops back into what you were saying before about what are movies on the big screen now. Exactly. And they're all these action sort of exactly. uh, explosive, quick sort of superhero yeah. ensemble films. Yeah. Um, and we've said it many times on the show. You, that that's all they show on the movies these days, pretty much. To to find like films like maybe the original series back in the day, they wouldn't get made now. No, Scorsese can't get a movie made now. Exactly. Right. We're we're yeah. at that point now where it's just CGI and crap. You know. It's funny that the reaction to this movie uh, is not too dissimilar from the reaction to Mother. Uh, in the sense that exactly because we remember that I'm just looping that into what Nathan was saying about how movies don't get released anymore like yeah. indie movies don't really get released anymore and Mother was kind of against the grain yeah and so I can understand why why big movie companies would choose to release blockbusters yeah. over movies they're like trying Mother. to release the safe the, the safe bet but it's like I said it's Star Wars people are going to see it regardless so that they, they should have. Uh, we'll get into that uh, I think one of the major problems is that the romance has gone out of Star Wars I'm not just talking about relationship romance I'm talking about the sweeping epic adventure that was the original movies uh, you know they used to be a space opera you know it was about good versus evil and now it's become this muddled mess of a DC uh, Zack Snyder-esque, like the Jedi aren't, aren't as great as they, sh- you know, they you think they are. The original movies aren't as great as they are. The, you know, kill the past. And, and it's just like, it's getting bogged down in stuff that, yes, it might be interesting to think about. It might be interesting to explore. But this movie fails to explore those, those things on so many levels. And it's just, it ends up being a, a just contradictory one towards Force Awakens, but also within itself. And there are so many problems just on technical levels, CGI and, and, and stuff like that. And it, it goes so deep. And, and uh, we'll now get into spoilers because I'm kind of repeating myself. Um, you know, I hated this movie, but really, if, if you're a Star Wars, if you know, you're gonna, it's Star Wars. People are going to see it regardless it. of what I say. So now I'm just talking for my own uh, to sort of trying to figure out where, where everything went wrong. Yeah, you know, I don't think any of us here want to demonize anyone who likes the film. No, 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 um, no. If you like the film, that's fine. But, uh, you know, the problems for me run so deep that it's not even about if you liked it or if I didn't like it. It's, it's about, you know... The mouse, as we said, and it's about... It's about the industry in it's general. About the in- yeah, it, it becomes not even about... I mean, the film itself has so many problems within itself, but then, of course, then there's all the outside yeah, problems, which so we need to address, which is why I want to talk about yeah, it for, what for we the mean future. is the problems with this movie are not singular to this movie. They're symptoms of a larger problem. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, this is Ryan Johnson's first bad movie. Um, I'm now pretty worried about his original trilo- uh, his original series of movies that he's making after this uh, Star Wars movies so is he doing more Star Wars yeah he's doing three more they gave him his own trilogy 
Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm I'm worried about that. Is that like a, um, is it going to be like a continuation? No one f- knows for sure. We'll we'll talk about that later. May the um, may the force be with us. Yeah, all. we're going to need it. <laughs> um, like I died a little inside watching this movie. I didn't think I could be hurt again by another Star Wars movie. I was I kind of accepted that I didn't like this new series of movies, but you know I'll go in. Ryan Johnson, I like. It's fine. I, I can't believe it. I, like I was, yeah. it. It devastated me. We talked on the show about how much we were looking forward to it yeah. because Ryan Johnson's such a great director. We, I'm pretty sure we said on the show, you know, Looper yeah. was such an amazing movie. How can, how this, can it go this wrong? Film, this film broke me. I, like, I, I find it hard to, to, to express myself about this movie. Like, uh, I, I, dude, I, I know who you're feeling. Yeah. I, I walked out of there. I, 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 actually, I, I waited for the end of the credits. I felt hollow. And the, the guy was like, the, the usher was trying you know, to wait for me to get out. And, um, I can't leave now. I'm, I'm a bit stunned. I'm, I just need to sit here for five minutes. I did. <laughs> That's what I did, yeah. I, I sat there until the end, and I'm like, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I felt hollow. I, I was like, what did I just watch? Yeah. And the, not only that, it's, it's the fact that, okay, I spoke to you before going to watch it, yeah. and then you're like, Matt, well, I'll be honest <laughs> prepare with you. Yourself. Prepare yourself. It, it isn't great. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so it, it, it honestly can't be as bad as, as the previous one. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, it can't be. I went in there and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's this all over again. <laughs> why is this happening? Why, why has Star Wars why become this? Why are they this? doing this to us? Why does Disney hate us? I, 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 I was just left confused. I was yeah. left absolutely confused. I think what was funny is like, because uh, Callum, Nathan and I went to see the uh, midnight showing and, you know, we got out of the movie at about three o'clock in the morning and I was just standing in the parking lot, just like yelling at Callum Nathan, like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Like, what? Is, this doesn't make sense. And they're like, oh, we're tired. We're going to go home. And I'm like, you guys go home. I'm going to stand in the parking lot and yell. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, they like, they like drove off and I'm in the parking lot. I'm like, ah, what's going on? I don't know how to feel. Man, man arrested in broad minutes for yelling at passing cars. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Dude, it actually made me say, like, I got home and, and, and my partner's like, she's like, oh, so how was it? And I'm like, you know who Jar Jar Binks is? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm like, Jar Jar Binks, he could have saved this movie. <laughs> this is how this is how bad of, this movie was. The return of Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> the return of Jar Jar. Oh, God. He wasn't... If all... If, everyone hates Jar Jar Binks, yeah, and I get why. Yeah. But he was actually interesting compared to the characters in this film. This, the, this film, it made me so upset. I'm like, I've, I've loved Star Wars since I can remember. Yeah. And I just felt... I felt hollow. Yeah. I felt hollow. Uh, we'll now uh, go into the spoiler section. So from now until the end of the show, we'll be doing full spoilers. This is a major spoiler warning for Star Wars The Last Jedi and all other Star Wars movies and all other expanded universe material. Uh, but especially because, you know, a lot of people get, uh, you know, it's been a few days since the movie came out, but uh, still people might haven't seen it. So if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, we'll, we'll be talking major spoilers. So this is a major spoiler warning. Uh, so I'm just going to start talking and as soon as time runs out, we'll stop and, and then next, uh, you know, <laughs> next episode, we'll kind of pick it up. Can I, can I just say, can we start with maybe like talking about what we liked about the film before? Cause I don't, look, uh, yeah, if we can we, be quick. Generally we all dislike the movie. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got little things peppered throughout my things that I did like, but you know, like I like Kylo Ren's new outfit. Um, <laughs> I like. Benicio Del Toro was one I wanted to mention. I thought yeah. his performance was good. I, I liked Yoda. <laughs> oh god I like at least it was a puppet oh <laughs> no we, we won't talk about it now we'll talk about it later that, that's one of the major problems with this movie the only thing I liked in this film and I, I, I kid you not was the fact that Ren actually showed emotion and, and like when he, when he smashed his helmet I'm like okay we're getting somewhere Kylo and Ren that was the, it. Uh, I was Kylo like, Ren's the only interesting character in this is, series is, yeah. uh, honestly like, like I said in my Force Awakens uh, thing like 
he should have been the new the main character of this new series, like the Bizarro Luke. Um, it should have been a story from the dark side. That would have been way more interesting. It would have been way more interesting. But even then, it's like, why were, why are we even having this conversation? Like, the movies should have been about the Je- Luke training the new Jedi. Like, they shouldn't have been trying to reboot the series. They shouldn't have been trying to deconstruct the series. Anyway, so I think one of the major problems with The Last Jedi is the kind of main conflict of the movie is literally the Resistance ship. There's one, one Resistance ship left, and it's got the entirety of the Resistance on this one ship. And it's slowly getting away, <laughs> very, 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 very it's, slowly it's getting away from Snoke. It's the O.J. Simpson chase. It's, 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 exa- it's exactly <laughs> even what it slower, is. even slower. <laughs> it's just fast enough that they can't get hit. Yeah, so so it's like, and Snoke's, Snoke's not fast enough to get away. Snoke's, <laughs> Snoke's got this giant, giant oh ship that's God. like the size of like a uh, hundred uh, star destroyers. <laughs> And you know they got the and for some reason because because Ryan Johnson says so, the the little ship is just fast enough so that it stays out of range of the bigger ship, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. He's Ryan Johnson. The problem with this movie is Ryan Johnson creates problems that weren't a problem before, yeah. just so he can have conflict in the movie. I mean, and there's a fundamental flaw with that as well because they're yeah. space lasers. They would just keep going exactly. until and 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 they hit and, the target. And here's like and, and then of course they can't they can't use light speed because now again Ryan Johnson has introduced a problem that wasn't there before fuel? is that they can yeah they know that they can track them through light speed which wasn't a problem before. Now also fuel which wasn't <laughs> really a problem before. Boys. Yeah. Um now now of course Stop with the servo lads. Yeah. Now now of course the uh, Snoke ship's lasers can't reach because it's they're just staying out range which again is stupid another yeah. problem that doesn't that, make and, sense and they've, got a, they've got a shield now, that's up that, yeah, that makes that now, now now what doesn't make sense also is that they've got little star destroyers around them now why can't those speed up and and attack or why can't they uh use light speed to jump ahead and then turn around and head them off if they've got multiple ships and also, then the fight. Why don't they just send a whole bunch of fighters? Now they make this excuse in the movie that once the fighters reach the resistance vessel, that they're too far out of range so that the big ship can't cover them. But I'm like, they've already gone out there. They might as well do their dirty work. And since when does the first order care about the safety of its pilots? Like Kylo Unions. Ren, Kylo Ren blows up. <laughs> Kylo Ren blows up the bridge of of the resistance ship. Which apparently had its shields up, but didn't really do anything. Yeah, that made no which sense. Which doesn't make any sense. So he could have just pressed his tor- torpedoes a second time and blew the whole and blew up. the whole thing up. But instead, Hux says, "Please return because we can't cover you." And Kylo goes, "All right," and turns around. I'm like. None of this needs to happen. It's the stupidest plot device I've ever seen in a movie. Ryan Johnson is creating problems just so he can make the main conflict of his film be a really, 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 really slow car chase. And, dude, and you know, that whole section of the movie, if that was cut out, I mean, it wasn't even needed, uh, uh, James. I, I kid you not, and, that, that, that took so much and time. And then, and then there's the problems of, like, uh, the fact that this starts right where Force Awakens ends. One, it makes the opening crawl pointless because the opening crawl literally says what happens at the end of the force yeah, awakens yeah. in in no detail um but then it's like they just jump straight into which is where the empire strikes back similarities start happening where it's like the resistance is getting away from from you know the the empire which is the first order and it's like like why did ryan johnson choose this specific uh, conflict for his movie like he could have done so many things like with Force Awakens they could have done so many things he's picking the worst option 
And I, I don't understand why. Then, of course, you've got uh, Leia gets blown out of the bridge of the ship. In what, what This is probably one of the worst parts of the movie, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Leia gets sucked down into space. I've pretty much resigned myself to her death because of the real actress's death. I thought it was strange because I, you know, they said that Carrie Fisher had a great performance in the film and that they didn't want didn't want to touch it. But I'm like, maybe they just decided to to give her a send off. But it also felt very violent. She gets sucked down into space. It was very strange. So she's floating in space. She's frozen solid. She's dead. And then she kind of like the f- ice starts melting off her face, and she kind of force pulls herself back into, and she does this weird Mary Poppins floating thing where she floats <laughs> back through the uh, broken starship. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is this? Can I? Um, Leia, Leia has the force, but now she can pretty much warn off death. By using force pull powers. I don't understand where this is coming from. This is... Uh, I understand that uh, it's not... This, uh, the EU is not canon, so we won't talk about that anymore. But And I understand that the force is a mysterious thing, and it wasn't shown in the original trilogy, and I understand that. I'm not saying the, the force isn't powerful enough to do these things. I'm just like, this is coming at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Leia has never shown any powers this powerful. And I think th- this ties into more problems of... No, my, my question was actually a technical question. Yeah. Because uh, a lot, not just you, a lot of people had problems yeah. with, with this particular scene. Yeah. Uh, what is the difference? Why is this so ridiculous, but force lightning is perfectly acceptable? Because like that's, force, that's because, because Leia force, hasn't shown anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because force lightning. The only time we've seen force lightning is when Emperor Palpatine did it, and everyone's talking about how old he is, how powerful he is. Also, let's just create some bullshit science here, and let's just say he creates he he controls the static in the atmosphere and and shocks him. Like that's not a big deal. But Leia dies. Let's face it. She she freezes solid. There's there's a good. 10, 20, 30 seconds of her face frozen. Yep. Like, Although it wasn't a wasn't, quick... She wasn't probably dead because her eyes are still in her sockets. It, it wasn't... It, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a quick... It wasn't a, it wasn't a quick shot of her in space and then quickly sucking back in before she died of exposure. She was out there for a long time. And so, so now you're telling me the Force can kind of defrost you in space... Uh, propel you back into the ship to where the atmosphere is and sustain you to to back to full health. Like, yes, maybe she might be that powerful, but this is coming at the beginning of the film. Then I have more problems. Sorry, man, I'm going to just keep talking. Then I have more problems. All the characters with the Force in this movie are all too powerful. So in the original movie, everyone talks about how powerful Darth Vader is and he becomes... A, uh, a fearful enemy. That, a boogeyman. Exactly, yes. Baba Yaga. And, and Exactly, yes. <laughs> and Luke, Luke is the underdog. He's the new trainee. He's the weak guy who rises up against the ultimate power in the universe to defeat the bad guy. So there's stakes there. There's struggle. There's, there's the, the, the underdog. There's a storyline. Yes. Now, in the new movie, Rey is already the most powerful Jedi in the world. Kylo is already the most powerful Jedi in the world. Snoke is already the most powerful Jedi in the world. Luke is the most powerful Jedi in the world. And now Leia is the most powerful Jedi in the world. Do you see my problems here? <laughs> Every Snoke, character is overpowered. The thing is, Snoke should have been more powerful. Exactly. And this is where... And he wasn't. There's yeah, no... That, if we'll Ray, get to that bit in a yeah, If Rey can just go head-to-head with all the other characters, or if Leia can go head-to-head, like, what's the point? There's no struggle. There's no tension. Um, then you get the problems of... What does Ryan Johnson think the Force is? 
the Force, to me, is this mystical power, you know, pretty much what we see in the original movies. Now, you can argue that in the original movies, they didn't have the technology, so a lot of the Force powers are pretty simple. But I think that's That's what what makes them special. Because every time the Force is used, just like every time a lightsaber is used, it's for a special reason. It's for an emotional... The Force has weight, because it has an emotional weight when it's used. Now, in the new movies... Sorry, Callum. Now, in the new movies, everyone can use the Force willy-nilly. This is a problem with the prequels as well. And everyone's so powerful. They're just flipping around and, and, and force projecting themselves and, and pretty much curing death. That's like, well, it's not special anymore. And, and then you get problems of, um, then you get problems of like, I think Ryan Johnson thinks or, or his interpretation of the force is it's like the mutant gene from X-Men. It's something that's inside you and that when something very uh, emotionally uh, you know, charged. charged happens to you or, or if you're in danger, it kind of comes out. And I think that's what he's doing with Leia. Leia was in danger and so her inner force powers has come out. And that same happens with Rey. And this is a problem with Force Awakens as well where it's like she hears the word force and that automatically makes her the most powerful Jedi. It doesn't make sense. And I think... To, to me, this this really brings in problems of like, I feel like Ryan Johnson thinks midi chlorians are a legit thing. Like he was taking that, and and I wouldn't be, like. There's a point. There's a point where Luke is explaining the Force to Ray, and I was uh, almost a hundred percent sure he was going to start talking about midi chlorians. Now I, I would have walked out. Now I know Ryan Johnson didn't want to alienate his audience that much. I mean, he already did with a lot of other aspects of the film, but like it feels like Ryan Johnson thinks the midi chlorians are what the Force is. It's a mutant gene from X Men. It's like in in uh, Apocalypse when Cyclops is in uh, in. In, in high school and he you know the, the his eyes start itching um you know x-men's about puberty and and you know your inner powers coming out and whatever and it's like and the bully the bully chases him and then he kind of unleashes his eye beams and and like blasts the bully away like i think ryan johnson thinks the force is a mutant power like it's something that when you hit puberty it kind of bursts out of you or, or when someone corners you it kind of bursts out of you and and to me that's not what the force is the force is something that if you really uh believe in yourself and and you really train and and you really uh feel your surroundings you can you can become more powerful the the force in the original trilogy is probably the best expression of it even uh, yeah. even like the because there's power in the simplicity like when you exactly. move a boulder you're not you're not, you know, doing all of this crazy stuff. Moving the boulder is impressive enough already. I think it's it's um, it's as simple as in 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 Empire Strikes Back when um, when Yoda, you know, says, uh, you know, size matters not. Yeah. Uh, look at me, um, and then he lifts the X-wing out of the swamp when Luke can't do it. That's really the expression of what the Force is. That it doesn't matter how big you are, it doesn't matter what weapons you have. Now, of course, then in the prequels, it's pretty much no. One, it's how much cancer you have in your blood. And two, it's pretty much, uh, you know, how many weapons you have, how big you are. Because then Yoda flips around with a lightsaber. So it's like, no, it's it's not about size. It's about how good you are fighting. Um, and I think these new movies, uh, Last Jedi especially, ha- kind of follows that. Where it's like, it's it's more about you know, how powerful you are rather than, you know, what you believe, if you believe in yourself. If Luke believed he could lift the X-Wing, he could have lifted it. You know what I mean? And now in these new movies, it's just, it's a raw power that's inside everyone. It's about power levels more than belief. Exactly. It's pretty much Dragon Ball Z Over at this 9, Exactly, yeah. It, it, they've turned it into a superhero movie where where so all, the, all the characters are so powerful. So I said in my Justice League review, you know, everyone's so powerful. Everyone... 
sort of morphs into this one character where none of the characters feel separate. And it's the same. It's like all the Jedi characters in this movie, all the Force users in this movie are so powerful and can do so many extraordinary things. They're a megasword. Exactly. They might as well fuse together and become a giant uh, Jedi. Like, that would have been cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've already taken up all the time. Um, then, then, of course, you got that f- f- Finn and Rose go to the casino planet, which is just... Uh, it's worst, the worst scene. It's the worst scene. It's, it's straight out of Attack of the Clones. It's straight out of any of the worst prequel stuff you can imagine. It's, they go to Gringotts. Apparently, there's gold coins everywhere. Uh, there's this drunken leprechaun who's trying to uh, shove uh, gold coins into BB-8, thinking it's a slot machine. Like, the whole thing is just... Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, it's just CGI, like, slapsticky jokes. It's not funny. It drags the movie down when we should be uh, with Luke and Ray and Kylo. And pretty much it's there so that Finn can learn that war is bad. And there's there's literally a scene where Rose is like... Uh, you know, yeah, this place looks beautiful, but if you look closer, it's actually terrible. And then, and then Finn looks through some uh, binoculars, and he sees child abuse and animal abuse in the same exact scene. Like, and it's like a Simpsons joke. You know what I mean? It's like th- there's this big, fat, ugly alien with a uh, with a laser whip whipping an animal, and then he turns around and starts whipping a kid. It's like a, it's like it's like Futurama. You know what I mean? Like, you know the, the humor in this film. Kanto Can- bite the Casino Planet is pretty much uh, Mars in Futurama. Isn't didn't, didn't Amy's parents make Mars into a casino? Like it's pretty much that. Sorry, go. One of my biggest problems with with well the new the new saga basically mm. is the humor. Exactly, yeah. I, uh, I feel like that this, the, I, this is not my opinion. This was someone I read on the internet. They said that people keep comparing the original trilogy and the new trilogy by saying, yeah, but Han was a funny guy. Yeah. The, the humor in see, the original trilogy was different. completely different. It, see, this is, this, I, don't, I can't remember if I talked about it on my other Star Wars shows, but the humor in the original trilogy came from the character interactions. So, you know, Han would say something snarky and Leia would do a quippy comeback, you know. Because the characters were different people, they kind of butted heads and that, that created humour. Now, the, the humour in the new movies is... Cringy. Sla- it's cringe and it's slapstick. And, and it's, th- there's, there's literally a bit where um, uh, Finn and Rose crash through the casino on these, like, horses and there's this, like opera singer alien lady with like like six or eight like giant breasts and like big li- big pink lips and uh, tentacles and and as the horses are coming towards her she goes oh like i'm like what is what is it? this isn't funny this isn't smart like also like the just the production just from the technical aspect like the production design doesn't look like star wars there are people wearing tuxedos and and I don't understand why the same ha- same happened in Force Awakens. I don't understand why they think practical effects means bad rubber masks and weird rubbery uh, floppy tentacle people. Also, where are all the species from the original trilogy? Exactly. Where are the wait? I never thought about the Twi'leks. What happened to the Twi'leks? There's no Twi'leks. There's no Quarren. There's there's yeah. no wait. there's no Rodians. There's no. You don't see them. That's, and that's scandalous. Exactly. James, and it's, like, it's like they're trying to make all that not happen anymore. Exactly. Like, they don't it's, want it to be part it, of it. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like, here's the nostalgia of the original movies, but, but let's also wipe them from the slate because we're, this is a reboot. These movies are reboots. They're not sequels. 
What was wrong with the Twi'leks? I, I, I'm, Nothing. I'm going to have to leave the studio now to, to exactly. really think about my it, life. You look at look at that. Look at the um, look at the cantina scene in uh, Force Awakens, Maz's cantina. Look at the casino scene in Last Jedi. Mm. You don't see any of the classic. At least one. Drop one in there. It makes sense. I think this shows the disregard for the original trilogy. And exactly. I, look, yeah. if you're listening to this film and you're one of the people who think that anyone who, li- who dislikes this film is a troll. Yeah. And because there's a, there's a whole thing out there now that the only people who don't like the film are people who only accept the original trilogy. Yeah, now. yeah you can have a new trilogy, but what's wrong with including things from the that made the uh, yeah, but original it, so again good? again it becomes part of the world building and the stuff the stuff that these movies don't do well. And it's not even about nostalgia; it's about in the background of a scene we should be getting the feeling yeah. that there's this bigger world that was in the original movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not even about hey, look, it's that guy. Yeah, that's what I'm trying it's to say. It's more about the, the a bigger world. It's like Why you don't even in, notice it. The, the big issue is, James, when I watch the original trilogy, I feel like I'm in a different planet. Yeah. I feel like I'm there. Like, yeah. I, 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 want, it, I, I can dream about this place. And it comes with that kind of sweeping, romantic, it epic does. feeling, which doesn't happen in the new movie. And this is just like, oh, it's... it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's just CGI flappy flop. It's yeah. like they're willfully not including things that made the original trilogy great to begin they with. They don't really understand... You know the, the the world building and the design of the things and uh, goes on back top to of the things and before. the characters and stuff. It has to fit in the framework of, of the an Disney, Avengers movie, yeah, of, of a Disney, di- of a Disney, Disney factory movie. Yeah. movie. It has to have a happy ending and things have to work out in the end. Yeah. And uh, should, no, yeah. it's Star Wars. So it now, shouldn't be this way. Now, Callum, we were talking before about what are the things we liked. I think Ray commu- force communicating with Kylo across the galaxy. I really like that. I uh, like the fact that, that I think, you never saw them. They, they yeah. always looked at the camera. Yeah, they're kind of like looking off camera. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. like Ray is on the island with Luke looking off camera. And then Kylo is like looking at her when, and even though he's on his ship and then, you know, separated by the galaxy. And, and you never see them in the same frame until one point in the film. And I thought that's where Ryan Johnson really shined. That's where I'm like, here's the Ryan Johnson I know. Here's the great character development that I wanted from the movie. But then they keep cutting to a joke or they keep cutting to Finn or Poe doing something boring. And and really the emotional through line of the movie keeps getting pushed out of the way by BB-8 doing something stupid. The problems regarding the slow car chase. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's like, why, why have this through line of the slow car chase if you have to keep cutting back to it? Why not just them, they blast to a planet and, and Poe goes off on a mission and, and Finn goes and meets up with Rey and, and all the characters kind of like come together. Yeah, it becomes so. It, it takes away from 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 the best parts of the film, and, and and it kind of highlights how yeah he the structure of the film doesn't really work. The pacing, and and I also didn't like how Ray kind of disappears from the climax of the movie. Yeah, she's not. And there. and you know, Ryan Johnson keeps saying within this movie, you know, through the characters, like burn the past, let's move forward. Um, you know, get rid of the old characters, here are the new characters. But then the entire climax of this movie, Ray literally disappears and Luke and fights Kylo. And, and then <laughs> dude, Ray... Dude, dude, that scene is, oh, is Tupac. We'll, it's Tupac we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get into what that. What the hell was that? We'll get into that. But then Ray's big, big climactic uh, thing that she has to overcome is moving some rocks. With the force, <laughs> like this is this is our new Luke. We should be following her, and yet Luke gets the big battle moment. This is why and she gets like literally off screen. This is why I don't care about her. Like, like, like don't get me wrong. Like, she's a non. She's a non character. Like, I'm all for having you know anyone has to be a. I don't care what you are, but 
just you're not you were pointless i felt nothing for you exactly. you know like you know as good as your acting can be exactly. i just felt nothing for you yeah and the most interesting bad guy in the movie for me was snoke the origins of him he's a bit of a mystery That's another he's thing. supposed to be an all powerful yeah. bad guy <laughs> and he's killed off exactly he's and, 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 he's, cr- oh, and he's, in a really meaningless he's, way here's my problems it's like I didn't like Snoke. I thought he was a terrible character. You know, I didn't like a lot of the stuff in Force Awakens. But if you if you set that up, you know, you're going to have to, you know, pull that through the trilogy. And Ryan Johnson, you know, made this movie as a reaction to The Force Awakens where he kills off Snoke and says, you're not getting any, any explanation to who this is. And so Force Awakens become even more pointless than it already no, it's was. Relevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I should say. exactly. Because there, there was a lot of mystery regarding Snoke's sort exactly. of origin. Like, oh, Kylo found him in some old forgotten Sith cave. Yeah. I want to know more about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. They, didn't even, they, don't even, they don't even drop hints through the dialogue. It's just literally he's there and then he gets killed. Yeah, he's the new boss now. We don't anything yeah. about and him. So, he just so, he's pulled out of a cave, yeah. but he is supreme so this movie, He's the best of all time. Like, this trilogy of movies is going to be so inconsistent and isn't really going to lead anywhere because we've got the first movie not really setting anything up. The second movie... Not really Deli- deliberately up. ignoring those things and trying to do other things and then the third the third movie I'm assuming Abrams is going to come back and try and do whatever he's going to do and so at the end of it all it's going to be this weird disjointed thing where it's nothing really happens 20 years from now this is going to be a new prequels people are just going to not watch people, these trilogy movies because nothing happens people don't want yeah. to admit it but these movies are as bad as the prequels they might be different for different they're reasons worse the they prequels, might be worse than, they're worse than the prequels they I'm might, sorry they might be as bad for different reasons but they're still uh, they're still Look, as Phantom bad Phantom Menace is a, it's a, okay I know, I know how much you hate it and <laughs> I, I get that but it is at least a watchable film the, like, it has some good set yeah Matt and I were talking off off um, before the show, and we're saying the Phantom Menace. The story makes no sense. Yeah, but it's a movie of good set pieces. Oh, uh, th- when when they cut in Canto Bight in the casino, when they cut to the racetrack, I thought they were going to have pod, pod races. Pod race. Yeah, and I was like, I hate this movie, but at least pod races are cool. Yeah, and Nintendo sixty four. And it wasn't even that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the not the movie version. The Nintendo sixty four. The, the um, fan backlash with this film, yeah. has shocked me. Um, Cal- yeah, we wanted to talk also about the critics. Like are giving this movie top marks. Like even ten, oh, yeah. Even even Mark Commode, who I I, yeah. I thought Mark Commode was like, exactly. like I trust I trust Mark Commode. And, and but he said it's he said he didn't like the casino scene. Yeah. But the rest of but the film was wonderful. Great. And I think this is where I, I get confused. It's like people people who don't generally like Star Wars like these new movies. And I think it's because for them, it's just like throwing everything out and it's like, here's a superhero oh, it's movie. A, it's, yeah, it's a and Marvel so for, movie. For them, it's, it's a, like going to see Guardians of the Galaxy yes, or whatever, yeah. you know? So the critics are like, oh, this is great. This is fun. You know, they don't really think about it more. And it's like, well, what's the... These are, like I said, these are reboots. They're not sequels. Um, and they all, not only that, but I, they seem to be ignoring the faults within the movie yeah. itself, like the editing problems and then the pacing. People, and the people don't problems. want to come to the table and say, yeah. I like the film, but... Exactly. You know, there's yeah. no there's no room and for, then, and then for, there's for like, leeway. Then there's like the fans or the viewer base uh, who seem to be very divided on the film. Whereas the critics all seem to love the film, which there's been rumors they're being paid off by Disney, but I don't th- I don't I don't think that's So you get the program Yeah, pulled. I think that's yeah. But I think then then there's then there's like the audience then there's audience ratings which are much more divided. And and I think, you know, there's a reason for that. I think the people who did really like Force Awakens liked it on the condition that The Last Jedi was going to further the things set up in that movie. Because that movie is not a movie. It doesn't really do anything with its story. It's two hours of just nothing. Yeah. So it's like people like that movie because they thought The Last Jedi was going to answer the questions. And when it didn't, now they don't like The Last Jedi. But it's like then there's people like me who's like they had The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is just another problem 
connected to this whole new Disney line line of movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you've touched on before, but this this movie had that many irrelevant characters, like you, you've mentioned before. Like, yeah, like who, who was the lady that that was um. So, somehow like the, the oh Admiral Holder Admiral, yeah. oh my god we have to talk about her now Laura so, Dern, oh. Laura Dern. Oh, yeah, Ama- Ama- like I love Laura Dern amazing I was like yay she's got this weird purple hair doesn't look like Star Wars she's got this boring dress doesn't look like Star Wars whatever she she just appears after Leia gets put in a coma for m- pretty much the, the whole movie and, um, says, yeah. and says I'm I'm second in I'm second in command which means I'm the boss now and I'm like, well, maybe you should have set up her in the, during the big fight scene, so at least you get a bit of sense yeah. of her character. But no, um, then then she kind of pretty much replaces Leia, who should be, we should be spending a lot of time with because yeah. we need to be spending time with her. And now that Carrie Fisher's gone, it's like even more precious time that yeah. that was lost. Um, and so we're with this character and, and Poe's like, so what's the plan? How are we going to get away from this really slow car chase? <laughs> and, and, and and she's like, you know what? Shh. And, and Poe's like, no, 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 we need a plan, you know? And she's like, no, no, shh, shh, shh. Yep. And he's like, no, no, we, uh, it's like, shh, shh. Yep. And I'm like, what, what is this? Why don't you just tell him the plan? If she just told him the plan, he wouldn't have sent Finn and Rose on that stupid uh, Harry Potter yeah. prequel uh, episode. And, and, well, like and, said, and he wouldn't have brought uh, Benicio <laughs> Del Toro's character back to betray them and get everyone killed. And then people are like, oh, well, the movie's actually about failure and, and Poe has to learn. And I'm just like, no. Why could, why, the only no. thing failing is the, is the Star Wars Yeah, saga. the movie's failing to, to present that. And, and also, like, why don't you make the movie about him going on a secret mission to destroy something or whatever? And then that be about, and it's also the movie's beating you over the head with it, um, because then Yoda shows up. You know, the whole movie they're saying kill the past, let the past die, let's move on. And next minute Yoda shows up. I, I laughed when I saw that. I'm and, like, oh my and, god, they haven't done this, have they? And, <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, oh, you know, uh, Luke, it's it's good to fail. And I'm like, oh my god, they're just beating me over the head with this at the moment. And and. I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, Luke couldn't come to any realisation himself. He needed a a force ghost (laughs) to come. And they could have had some... This is a missed opportunity, too. So, Leia's in, like, a coma, or she's recovering all this time. Yeah. And Luke, I imagine, he's, you know, the the way his force powers are, there could have been some sort of mind link sort of... Sort of character-driven scenes between him and Leia. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Like that sort of mental connection. He he doesn't even get to see Leia until the end, which when he's technically not even there. And and the the thing is, if they if they could say, "Oh, I know he's gone," and stuff like that, why can't they just do that in the first place? it's beyond me. The connection sort of with the Force exists because Ray and Kylo have it. Yeah. So why couldn't he Luke do that with him and Leia? I mean, I mean that would wait. Hold on, if they did that. Force Awakens was a meaningless movie. But, but exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. But, but Where's Snoke Luke? Like, Where's Luke? Snoke was like, oh, I forced you guys together. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, this is... Oh, no. <laughs> I think he's what? a liar, actually. I just want to point that out. I think he was lying about, about see, creating that connection. But see, you know, and like people are saying, you know, when Ray's parents are revealed to be nobodies, which I thought was probably the best... That's what I love the like, most. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, well, now it's like people are like people aren't satisfied with that, and now people are like, well, J.J. Abrams is going to come and actually, you know, he retcon that. And I'm like, these movies are all <laughs> these movies are all going to be fighting each other within the same trilogy, and it's like it does, you know, in the original the original movies were directed by different people, but you had that sense of. Uh, you know that consistency, yeah, yeah. And, and that build up from the original. Whereas these movies are fighting each other, going back and uh, forth. I think that Disney are aware of that, and that could be why they gave Ryan uh, Ryan Johnson three films. I don't think so. I think they're just like they're want just, more money. I think we just have to apologize to George. 
No, I'm, I'm still not. Uh, the prequels are still bad. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending the prequels. They're still beyond terrible. I'm just saying these movies are just as bad. Yeah, and they're, they're we worse, James. We they're be, worse. We shouldn't be defending. Anyway, um, so then, then Luke, you know, he, Luke spends the whole movie oh. on the island being a grumpy old man, not wanting to train Ray. The milk but, scene was pretty funny. <sighs> yeah. I didn't mind it. I, I feel yeah, like uh, yeah. I feel like there's too many jokes. I'll, I'll agree with that. Like there's too many jokes just with on the island itself, and there's too many creatures and critters. Like the whole like the whole first half of the movie, you know, on on the island, the whole her first part of the bit on the island. There's porgs everywhere going, ah, ah, you know, really annoying. Even when Luke is trying to teach Ray things, they're in the background squawking. And I'm like, I think Ryan Johnson is like giving me the finger. He's like, you know all this force stuff? Screw that. Let's have porgs. Ah, ah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then they have those ET aliens yeah. and like, dressed as yeah. nuns. And then it's like, <laughs> like, where, I was what's, like this, what's this say about space Christianity now? Then, yeah. then I was like, I was then I was like, where were those nuns at the start? Like, were they just hiding the whole oh, movie? Dude. Like, what? Where did they come from? Like, why are they even there? Like, if Luke is supposed to be hiding on this deserted island, why are there yeah. so many creatures and critters there? It's making me mad. Pogs, pogs are. Uh, are are the worst because they don't really serve a plot function. Exactly. Their and, whole function people, is merchandise. Like, I'm, I would don't be surprised if next like year said, you see it's plushy like a, dolls. It's like I said, people are like, oh, they're not that bad. They're not in the movie. But it's like they get onto the Millennium Falcon. They start messing with things. It becomes the Gremlins where they're like wearing things on their yeah. head and, and tearing out wires and stuff. And and uh, Chewbacca is like trying to fight them off. Chewbacca then, wasn't even needed in this film. And then sorry. at the end of the movie, uh, you know, when uh, Chewie's flying the Millennium Falcon, fighting the First Order, the Porgs are like flipping and flying around the the cockpit, and I'm just like, this is the worst thing ever. It's that Disney factor. It's that Look, it's made exactly. for kids. On the bright side, Leia did actually. She was nice to Chewbacca in this film, which is a step in. Yeah. In terms of character relations, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> but having said um, that, like. Just anyway, points. so we, we've got very, we haven't got very much time left, so we'll quickly talk about, you know, Luke projects himself, like a two-pack hologram. <laughs> two-pack hologram. He, it, oh. uh, <laughs> um, and he concentrates so hard that he pretty much farts himself to death and, and turns into a force ghost. Um, which, again, it's like you're wasting Luke. You know, we didn't see him in Force Awakens. Now you're wasting him in this movie. And, and now in the, in the next movie, I guess he's going to be a force ghost who comes up a couple of times. It's like, well, we really needed him in the first movie. And, and then if he died in the second movie, it would have made more sense because we got... But it, really, we're just setting him up as this terrible, ugly character who hates the force and hates everyone. I just, who, almost, who wanted to kill Kylo, like he's a murderer now. And then there's these other problems of... Now Ryan Johnson is uh, reaffirming the prequels by, by kind of saying that you know, oh, the Jedi did suck. You know, you know that they, uh, you know, they allowed Darth Sidious to come to power. They, they, they turned Anakin to the dark side and, and created the Empire. And I'm like, Ryan, let the prequels go. You keep saying yourself, let the past die. The prequels suck. No one liked them. No one wants to talk about them. Disney even itself is sort of trying to shift Distances, away from them. Yeah. But Ryan Johnson's like. No, actually, the Jedi's did suck. Everything we saw in the prequels happened, and now Luke is kind of trying to deal with that. I'm like, no, Ryan, ignore the prequels. Sure. Take the original trilogy. But then Ryan Johnson's like, no, the original trilogy. You know, let's demythologize it. Let's. And I'm like, you can't deconstruct a movie in the sequel when the first movie was a nostalgia trip, and also when your third movie isn't going to be written or directed by you. Don't know how it's going to go. And and really, it's not a sequel. Again, it's a reboot. And it's like, 
It's kind of like, again, it's a space fantasy. Why are we deconstructing it? Why are we talking about fuel and, and light speed and, 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 uh, and, and, poli- and, and politics? Yeah. And exactly, yeah. <laughs> probably, why are we re- talking the about the politics, out of why we talking <laughs> about the politics of the Jedi when we should be telling the story <laughs> about the world and the story and the characters? We should be telling about, you know, where Luke took the Jedi after. We, we don't want to be bogged down in this middle of this trilogy talking about how much the Jedi suck. <laughs> like what the hell is he thinking? And, that, is and a, I, that is a big and a lot of middle cr- finger, and, a lot of, and a lot of critics are like, "Oh, this is why we like it so much. It's taking the original trilogy, you know, and and demythologizing, subverting it, and, it." Yeah, and I'm like, this sounds like what Zack Snyder was saying about <laughs> Superman, you know, like, "Oh, you know, let's demythologize this this great character that everyone loves." But also at the same time, we have to show how awesome Superman is. And then this happens in this movie as well. Ryan Johnson's like, you know, the Jedi suck, but look how powerful every Jedi in this movie is. And look, he gets blasted by lasers, but he's okay. Oh my god! Oh look at look how cool this is. I'm like, you know, that, Ryan, what are you doing? That's a that's a big problem with how the movie ended for me as well, is yeah. because there's no more teaching figures in this film. Yeah, Snoke's dead f- for some reason. That apparently Snoke doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Uh, which I didn't like. Snoke was always a. I mean, I hated ba- Snoke. I'm kind of glad he's dead. But again, like I said, like he was a mediocre it, it character. Becomes, for makes me. Force Awakens even less, uh, even more yeah. pointless. He was a mediocre character for me, but now he's even less important because he, apparently, yeah. such a powerful figure doesn't even know that his lightsaber is being tampered with. Yeah. And we still don't know where this universe is at. Like, and Luke it, died. The opening crawl yeah. says the opening crawl says the first order is taking over the galaxy. But I'm like, we don't see any of that. Why wasn't no. that the plot? Or instead of the resistance doing the small, slow car chase, why wasn't the resistance trying to kind of block off the first order from, you know, taking over all the planets? Like we don't see any of that. There's no world building in these movies. The, and it's a reboot at the end of the day. It's, it exactly. just reboots the universe said, for JJ Abrams. After the movies, after the movie finished, Callum, you said you, you came to me and you're like, I can't believe they rebooted it again. Like in, in Force Awakens, they reboot it so that everything's the same as it was at the start of the original trilogy. This movie reboots it again so it's the same as it was before the, the Force Awakens. <laughs> there are no stakes uh, anymore. And before, it's like, yeah, it's just like they're all ignoring each other, all contradicting each other. And the state, yeah, there's no stakes, no tension. Quick question. I it's a bit technical with the film. Yeah. But Luke only did t- teach her two things, right? Uh, only only of, the, of the two rules. Yeah, pretty Cause, much. Because uh, there was three, he said, yeah, and he, f- he didn't get to the third one. I can't remember the third one, but the first one was the Force is for everyone, the Jedi suck. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's fair enough. You want to teach, you know, the Force should be everyone. I'm like, why didn't he just start a school where the Force was for everyone? everyone. Why is he being such a dick about it? Um, I can't remember the second rule. It doesn't matter. No, because he said there was three, but he only, he only demonstrated two. Yeah. But anyway, then Ray runs off and takes the, the Jedi uh, ancient books with her. So it's like, really all she needed was those books. Luke could have been killed off at the start of the movie and she could have just taken the books and read through them and said, and I can learn they Kung, still, I can learn Kung Fu from looking at the pictures of the... Like, I, in just, the I just felt the biggest like, middle finger to us was when he, he looks at the... Um, uh, the lightsaber when he's given and just I'm, just I'm just like I think I'm yeah like, that is just- that that kind of signals to you Ryan Johnson doesn't care about Star Wars he doesn't I think he likes Star Wars I think he cares about but he doesn't care what you think about Star Wars yeah. we're out of time uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this quote sort of to lead into the next episode unfortunately next Tuesday is Boxing Day so I probably won't be on air which sucks because I really wanted to talk more about The Last Jedi but keep an eye on the Man vs. Movies Facebook page and, and the week after we'll be back talking probably more Last Jedi but I'll leave you with a quote from Mark Hamill that maybe we'll try to pick up next week uh, Mark Hamill told Ryan Johnson after reading the script for the film 
I pretty much fundamentally disagree with every choice you've made for this character. Now, having said that, I have gotten that off my chest and my job is now to take what you've created and do my best to realize your vision. So, you know, even Mark Hamill realized that this isn't the version of Luke that he would have done. This isn't the version of Luke that fans probably would have wanted. But as an actor, he... You know, he said, you're the director, I'll do what you want. And I think Mark Hamill did a good job, but it's just the character was went in the complete wrong direction, and which we'll try to talk about that next week. I had, just before we end up, I had mates that aren't like massive Star Wars fans wanting to walk out of that film. Yeah. And and they're like, this is not even fun. Like, this is, yeah. you know, like, as you guys mentioned before, it's like, you know, DC, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. But this is it was so bad to the point where people wanted to walk out, and that just says it all. It's, 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 it's a soul-crushing movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're out of time. Uh, thank you very much, Callum, Nathan, and Matt uh, for coming in. Thank uh, you for having us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys always coming in, listen to me rant and yell at you. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, thank you to the audience. I hope I hope I don't think I have any listeners left. I, I really I just do this for myself at this point. Um, but if you are out there, thank you very very much. Uh, please like and share the Man vs Movies Facebook page. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes uh, to the Man vs Movies podcast. And also, yeah, like probably won't be on next week, but, you know, keep an eye on that for Man vs. Movies Facebook page and uh, keep an eye out for the uh, week after for another episode. Uh, if you're listening live to the radio, uh, stay tuned because Matt's show Car Talks up next and we're going to be talking about Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company. So I think that'll be a really good episode. Um, Matt, plug your show. Uh, it's Car Talk with Manny J. It's 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night, right after your show, James. Uh, like and share our, our Facebook page. It's Car Talk, T O R Q U E, with Manny J. Uh, we're also on iTunes and on Chat Engine. So get, get listening. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to figure out if I should say anything else. Recommend a Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Merry Christmas. I uh, hope everyone has a safe new year. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot for listening. May the force be with you. National Olympics. And also with you. Hey, I'll do the sign of the cross. We give our force um, to uh, What else? No, no, I, I watch Die Hard Christmas Eve and then I watch Jingle All The Way Christmas Morning yeah. every every year. Did you watch El Camino Christmas? No, I, I'm going to watch it tomorrow, hopefully. It got terrible reviews. Yeah. But it's pretty it's, good. It's a banger. I'll, I'll check it out and maybe we'll talk about it a bit in next uh, episode. In a few weeks after we've got Star Wars yeah. up our chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you everyone again and catch you later. You're listening to Man Vs. <laughs> Movies live here on 98.9 Northwest FM. I'm your host James and on tonight's show I'll be continuing my review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I'm joined again in the studio by my good friends Callum and Nathan. How you going guys? Pretty good, thank you. Yeah, good. Um, so... Last week, no, last week I wasn't in studio, unfortunately. Welcome to the new year. Yes. Hope, happy, you ha- hope everyone, all the listeners had a good Christmas and yeah, a good new year. Yeah, ha- hope uh, everyone got the presents they wanted from Santa and um, and had a good, safe new year. Um, last week, unfortunately, I wasn't in studio, uh, which sucks because I haven't missed a show so far. So <laughs> Damn families. Yeah, <laughs> and I was... Um, <laughs> And I was, you know, really kind of itching to kind of continue the talk about Last Jedi because there's so much stuff that I, I wanted to get into. Eventually, I'll return to my regular reviews, but it's just I think I don't I don't have enough time in the studio. Like I only get one hour per week, so it's kind of like I have to split things up. Um, ideally, I'd have a podcast where I could just go for two or three hours. 
I mean, with with this film, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, and and ideally, I would have just done you know one big episode about Last Jedi and then moved on. But unfortunately, I don't have that uh, luxury. Um, hopefully, this year I will get a podcast started so I can do more specials and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know when you know when that's going to happen. But uh, you know, I appreciate uh, the people who are listening. Every time I do do a Star Wars episode, I do get a lot of feedback. That's kind of where my feedback really comes from so it's kind of even though i really complain and and yell and and rant about star wars that's where people seem to be getting their engagement from so i'm happy that and and big movies yeah and i really appreciate uh any of the listeners uh who continue to listen to my rants um like i said this is the continuing review of last jedi so this is part two and if you haven't uh, heard part one, you should go back and download the podcast from iTunes, Shout Engine, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So this is part two of the uh, Last Jedi review. Um, I guess I should do a major spoiler warning again, just in case people haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, we'll be talking a lot about the details of Last Jedi and the, the other Star Wars movies. So this is a really big spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Um, so last week... I ended, no, not last week, last last show, last episode, I ended the show with a quote from Mark Hamill where he said he fundamentally disagreed with what Ryan Johnson was doing with Luke's character, um, but as an actor it was up to him to bring that vision to the screen. Um, since then, Mark Hamill has sort of apologized for the statement and said that, you know, at first he didn't, you know, really understand, but it, as an actor, he took that role and he went with it and he ended up, you know, enjoying the role. Um, and, you know, I understand, you know, he didn't want, it's unfair that people used that statement as ammunition yeah. against the movie. I, I did it myself. It was probably never meant to be that public of a statement. Yeah. Um, but I feel like his frustrations with, where Luke went as a character were indicative of a lot of Star Wars fans' uh, frustrations with where Luke went as a character. Because he said, he, because he comes out and says he doesn't mean it, doesn't make it not true. Yeah, and 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 you know, since then I've been really um, unpacking you know his other statements, and he definitely holds Luke very dear to himself. Um, and you can definitely see, not just through that statement, but a lot of other his other interviews, where he he definitely wasn't a hundred percent on board with Ryan Johnson. He may have changed his uh, mind, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's unfair. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to say Mark Hamill says it sucks, so so that means it <laughs> sucks. I'm just saying, like, I feel like his his reservations about the character are our reservations as well, and and I think you know he, he reflects he, the, he who, reflects. Our opinions, exactly, and who knows the character better than him? Um, and as I'll do now, we'll sort of explore why the character doesn't work and why I think Mark Hamill's, you know, initial reservations were justified, um, and how I think he still maybe you know was just being diplomatic when he said, "Oh, you know, I didn't mean it that way." Um, so I think Luke's portrayal. Spoiler warning, just in case, uh, Luke's portrayal and death in the Last Jedi. Uh, nullifies the ending of Return of the Jedi by sort of, you know, Return of the Jedi is a, a victory uh, for the rebellion, um, for the underdog against, you know, the overlords. Um, of course, they didn't defeat all the Empire. We know, you know, they had a long struggle ahead of them. Um, but I think what the ending of Return of the Jedi symbolizes is that there, there's hope at the end. And I feel like Last Jedi kind of throws that down the toilet. 
uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's sort of that. It's sort of like, as you said, Return of the Jedi is like you know the sort of like good wins over evil yeah. and sort of keep hope alive. And yeah. like you know the Jedi's will prevail eventually. I feel like um, you know if the Force Awakens was a reboot of the physical universe, uh, you know, re replacing the Re- Republic with the Resistance or the Rebellion, and you know replacing the uh, Empire with the First Order and and you know, um, you know, sort of destroying all the Republic planets so that the Resistance were small and the First Order's big, and sort of, if the if the Force Awakens returned the universe to how it was at the start of A New Hope, um, then the Last Jedi is kind of an emotional reboot, uh, if that makes sense. It kind of reboots the emotional and moral victory that the Rebels have at the end of the original trilogy. Does that make sense? Yeah, so we're back we're, we're back where we started, essentially, from A New Hope. It's like, oppressed. Yeah. Like, the world's being yeah. oppressed. But whereas The Force Awakens was so nostalgic and, oh, my God, Luke is so great and, oh, my God, Star Wars, but it kind of reverted the universe back to how it was. But The Last Jedi kind of goes, you know, the ending of Return of the Jedi, that was false hope. You know, it's kind of it's it's a. Yeah. Mid, I feel like Ryan Johnson's giving everyone a middle finger. Like the yeah, it the, is the original yeah. trilogy. He's kind of like the original trilogy wasn't you know that that yeah. bastion yeah. of hope that you thought it was. Yeah, it's it's Luke had a victory thirty there years was, ago. Yeah, and now and we're now back. He's a grumpy old and man. Hundreds of planets you know, have been destroyed. Yeah. On that point, I can't. I I did a quick search for the interview I'm about to reference, and I couldn't find it because it was quite a few weeks ago now. Okay, yeah. But he Ryan Johnson said that uh, he feels the. The negative reception the film got from some fans was because they weren't comfortable with him taking Star Wars and demythologizing it and deconstructing it for future generations. Mm. And I read that article and I said to myself, obviously, why is that necessary? Why do we need to completely change the shape of an IP for future people to enjoy it, why this, is that necessary? This is one thing I wanted to discuss is like, I think I mentioned it, you know, in the last episode, like why did he feel like he had to spend the middle of this new trilogy demythologizing and talking about how much the Jedi suck and talking about, you know, and, and kind of reaffirming the prequels and legitimizing them. It's like, why did he feel like he had to do that? You can you can make a new set of characters in the Star Wars universe without giving a middle finger to the original trilogy. Yeah, it's difficult because it's like they hired they might they hired him maybe without knowing how he felt about Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, they let him write it and they approved of what he wrote and what he directed. So it's kind of like because I wonder I wonder if JJ approves. Because he's is, like, I feel like he would be on the opposite end of the spectrum this, almost. Yeah, like this sort is, of he he would more build upon that mythology since he was such a. This tr- is a, yeah. This is another problem with the whole you know new Disney in movies is that J.J. Abrams didn't know what he was doing when he set up those. He he admitted he didn't have any idea what he the mystery was, box. Yeah, he 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 set up you know who's Ray's parents, where did the blue lightsaber come from. Um, you know, who's Snoke? Yeah, and he this, actually admitted he had no yeah. idea where any of that was going. And now we and have the then, major problem of getting someone else. Exactly. And then he stepped away. He had no involvement in The Last Jedi. Um, he should have wrote the whole trilogy, realistically. It, it really? I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I don't like J.J. Abrams' films. I don't think his version of The Last Jedi would have been good, but at least he would have been consistent and he would have taken what he set up and, and kind of paid it off. Nine Ryan Johnson didn't And do. on that point, nine hours ago, I think, uh, at least the one I read was yeah. nine hours ago. There was an article uh, that said Ryan John- Ryan Johnson said um, 
race parentage is still open for discussion. Yes. So it's he's not he's <laughs> not tying up. It seems that the we're the, gonna get the, another this, reset. Yeah. This is it what seems I said. that what happened in the Last Jedi is malleable. So J.J. Abrams can come along and re re retcon. This is what some I of the said decisions last made week. in Last Jedi. This is what I said last last episode. Like. All these movies are going to be fighting each other. It's like, no, uh, you know, uh, he said, she said, uh, no, uh, uh, yes, no, yeah. you know. It'll be future fans will pick one and they'll stick to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, duck season, rabbit season, yeah. duck season. Like, every movie will be fighting each other. And, you know, again, why did Ryan Johnson choose to demythologize the trilogy if, one, The Force Awakens was a nostalgia trip and, two, the next movie wasn't going to be written or directed by him. I've I mean, look, we don't know how much he consulted with JJ on story points. Apparently not much, if at all. Because I would say that's... Like, I think JJ Abrams was available, like he didn't shut himself off or anything. No, but... But I, as, as far as I know from what I've read and from what I've, the interviews I've seen with Ryan Johnson, JJ Abrams... You know, handed it off to Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson just went with it. I would just say it's it's almost disrespectful because like you've got all this writing that JJ put down, and then he's like, okay, well I'm going to do yeah, what I want with it. I think JJ everything that you started. In I, I think one of the problems is JJ Abrams chose to step away because it was taking so much time away from his family and stuff, and that's understandable. But it's like I feel like he should JJ Abrams as much as like I said, as much as I don't think he would have done a good job, like he should have been the George Lucas. He should have been coming in and saying, can I look at the story? Can I give you notes? on where this is going. Yeah, or, or LucasArts or Disney should have got, at least got him to put down the broader strokes of the Exactly, story. yeah. And that's this is a problem. Like, uh, one of the major problems with Last Jedi is The Force Awakens, you know? The Force Awakens is to blame for a lot of the problems we're talking about. Um, we'll go back to, to Luke. So, I feel like, you know, they make him this grumpy old man and, you know, he's cynical and he's given up hope about the Jedi. He wants the Jedi to end. But too, also... Too many weird alien nuns. Exactly. There's too many, and that's exactly what I was going to say. There's too many jokes. If he's this cynical old man who you know who who's given up, he's, he's, he's been stuck with the Borgs too long. He can't yeah, take it anymore. Like why why is it, why is there so many jokes surrounding surrounding him? And you know he does these really self-aware things like brush off his shoulder after getting blasted by, and it's just like it's so self-aware and so. Uh, it's too Disney. It's too Disney. It's too Marvel. It's too. It borders on parody. Yeah, it's like um, I think I've said it before. It's like we were watching Spaceballs. Like exactly. a really, really serious. There's a bit. Space oh my balls. god! There's a bit where I wanted to tear my hair out. Where there's a spaceship and it's like coming slowly coming to down to land, and it looks like a steam iron. And I'm like, that that ship looks like a steam iron. And then it cuts back, and it is a robot ironing a, a uniform. And I was like, kill me now! Like this is just Spaceballs, you know? Like. <laughs> Star Wars has become self-parody because Star Wars is so successful and has become this cultural icon and phenomenon that you know there's been so many rip-offs and and prequels and uh, prequels and sequels and and uh, what do you call it uh, homages and and all this stuff and it's like well now when you make a Star Wars movie it's a Star Wars movie in which Star Wars movie exist you know where the characters know about star wars and it's it becomes it becomes parody it's ridiculous the, the fourth wall is 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 not quite broken exactly but um it's you're aware all the characters know that the wall is there yeah they're just not breaking it yeah i feel like also luke doesn't really do anything he spends the whole movie on the island complaining about how much the jedi suck ray tries to convince him but to to come back but it doesn't really work then she leaves and it's like he doesn't that's really... not in character with the Luke Wien, though. Exactly. And, and look, he, he never would have left. He never would have gone off by himself. Yeah, and I mean, he, here's the thing. Like, 
Mark Hamill is quoted as saying more than once, a Jedi would never give up. Luke was the most optimistic character in the original trilogy. So Ryan Johnson kind of flipped that on its head. He subverted that. And people are like, that's why we like it. It's different. It's new. You know, he's taking, you know, he's demythologizing. I'm like, but he didn't do anything after that. He subverted it. And then Luke just kind of dies. And I'm like... Why do, it makes you wonder why they even decided to give the film the title The Last Jedi. When- yeah, and, and even at the end, Luke says, I'm not The Last Jedi. You know, raise The Last Jedi. Um, or raise The Next Jedi, I should say. Yeah, and, and we're led to believe that um, she's going to start a new Jedi school. I guess so. so. Th- and then uh, it's like, why... And there's why kids that are forced... Now, hold on, another question we have um, <laughs> with this movie now. Are, are they turning it on its head now? Because... What I thought was established Star Wars canon was that you were either Force-sensitive or yeah. you're not. Yeah. But in this movie, they're sort of playing with the idea that can ev- can ev- the question is, can everybody be taught? I feel like I feel like that's not a problem I have, you know, but I feel like the way Ryan Johnson goes about it is the problem, is where he, like I said in the last episode, he thinks it's the mutant gene where it kind of, awake, you know, it, it awakens out of you. Because um, the, this is the prequel trilogy, so, you know, Hold yeah. whatever you will out of that, but it's like if they weren't started to be taught how to use the force Here, by a certain yeah. age, Here, then it, here's, here's no the good. problem: the prequels for me are such a bastardization of what the force is. You know, midichlorians and having to train little children from babies with lightsabers and and in literal classrooms. It's such a weird, ridiculous thing that George Lucas did. And um, I think Ryan Johnson almost takes that and then kind of goes, yeah, there's that, but also it's for everyone. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, for everyone, they contradict each other. Yeah, and then I'm like, I think it's cool. You know, Luke, it would have been cool if Luke said, you know, there are no more Jedi, there are no more Sith, but there are force sensitive people who I'm going to train as a new, kind of like a new age uh, Jedi. They're not called Jedi, but they are. And I feel like he went about that in the wrong way by having Luke say, all this stuff sucks, I'm going to burn it all to the ground. Yeah, or even explain it away as saying, you know, I, Luke saying something like, I sense more Force-sensitive people, like it's not as uncommon now as it once was. The Force is awakening. See, but that's the thing. It's like, why was the Force awakening? Yeah. The Force is a, a force. It's a fundamental that, force. That's in everything, that surrounds everything, that's it, between yeah, everything. It can't go to sleep. It doesn't go to sleep and it doesn't awaken. It's there all the time. Just because there are people who aren't using it doesn't mean it's not there. And I think that's, a, again, there's a problem with The Force Awakens is there's this weird idea that The Force was dormant and then when Rey h- heard the word Force, it came out of her. And then The Last Jedi kind of takes that and goes, well, now that there's there's this hope again... That, you know, there's a little kids who are going to take it. I'm just like, why is the force? I don't understand what he's going for. Like, yes, the kids could have. It's like, but why does it have to be this dormant thing? And how did they learn the force pool? Exactly. Why does that kid know? Has the force become some innate knowledge now? That's what I'm saying. He thinks it's the mutant gene. He thinks it just kind of comes out of you at a certain point. It's these contradictions in movies that's going to end up like... Tearing the Star Wars movies on exactly. the universe apart. That's why I don't understand why people are so happy to defend it and say it's such a great movie. Mm. When you look at, I mean, I, I think I've said this. I said this on the last episode, probably. But the Force is very difficult for Luke to learn in the exactly. original trilogy, and so you have people and, like Rey and the child at the end of the Last Jedi, yeah. who can just apparently use and, it at will and it without ties, any knowledge. It ties into the whole thing of like Luke's progression of his character. He starts off not being able to use the Force. But Obi-Wan teaches him with the um, 
the blast shield on his helmet when the remote droid it's like if you reach out with your feelings you can sense things around you okay then later in the film he uses the force for the first time to shoot the torpedoes into the death star and that's kind of his first big you know uh, act of using the force then in the second movie which is set you know two or three years later the first we see him use the force pool for the first time and it's really hard for him to get that lightsaber out of the snow um, and that's progression of his character mm-hmm. until, you know, and then he tra- trains with Yoda and then the big fight with Darth Vader at the end, he uses all these flips and, and these different things. And it's like there's a progression to his character until at the, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he overpowers Darth Vader. Yeah, and, and now it's like we're almost stuck with chaos in the yeah, canon. Yeah, and it's, and it's kind of like, um, and, and The Force Awakens has kind of removed all that struggle because we've seen it so much. And it's just like now Ray is just automatically the most powerful Jedi yeah. at the start of the film. It's like they got rid of all the struggle, all the tension. Um, and like I said in the last episode, like all the characters are now super powerful. All the Force-sensitive characters and the, are. And the thing is, we don't even see any Force abilities from Ray up until that one point where it's just it flips like a switch. Yeah, exactly. And she can use it and she has it. Yeah, it yeah. knows all about There's it. There's no learning curve. Yeah, and it's not even about oh, what does the prequel say, what does the original trilogy say. It's kind of like... Where's the struggle? Where's the tension? Where's the character growth? It's not there because these movies are poorly written. Um, I guess we've gotten a little off track. Back to Luke. <laughs> yeah, back to Luke. So, Sorry, everyone. Yeah, so Kylo burns the Jedi Temple in a flashback, which looks like stock footage from Force Awakens. They, they didn't do any extra kind of flashbacks or dream sequences there. They didn't get, you didn't get to see any of the students or, or the Knights of Ren. Where are the Knights of Ren? This is the second movie. <laughs> They should have got J-Day to write the second movie. This is the obviously- second movie. We still haven't seen the Knights yeah, of Ren. Are you we're telling not going to see him. Are you telling me the third movie is going to introduce the Knights if, of Ren? If and JJ's what, what were they doing this whole time? Just <laughs> they'll, be, they'll, be introduced, they'll be introduced in the comics. Was Yeah, exactly. This is the problem <laughs> with this. Because yeah, Ryan Johnson probably wrote the movie and he's like, nah, I don't like the Knights of Ren. Maybe like, he forgot about them. Just yeah. erase them. See, <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote this into the movie and then he's like, oh, I don't know what they're going to do with them. And then Ryan Johnson was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't care about them. I'm going to ignore them. And then the third movie, it's like, well, do we have to put him in now, or should we yeah. just ignore? No. They'll probably kill him. They'll introduce him, kill him off, like well, a lot of the other dumb characters. They'll they'll deal with that in the crawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Knights of Ren all fell down the stairs at the same time. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Kylo burns the the temple. Where was that movie? I want to see that movie. You know, if the if these movies are supposed to be, a, if you know, if the Ryan Johnson wanted to make a movie about failure, why wasn't it about Luke training this new uh, Jedi and having a student turn to the dark side and him having to deal with that? Because that um, would be a good starting point. That's <laughs> exactly. What we got. <laughs> um, also, like when Luke is t- telling Ray what happened to make Kylo turn to the dark side, he says that Snoke had already turned Kylo's heart, and that there was no, he could sense no light in him. And that he was going to, you know, he could see all the murderous things Kylo was going to do. And that's why he crept up on him and was going to kill him, um, which is so weird and dirty. And I just, and it's like, I'm, I'm not saying, sure. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Luke can't have flaws. I'm not saying these heroes can't have flaws, but Ryan Johnson's taking these people who, you know, were the heroes of the universe and really cutting them down, you know, and being like, these guys are the worst. He's not just saying they have flaws. He's like, this Luke is an asshole, you know. Um, yeah, it's Luke's. Luke's now going to kill a kid yeah. in his bed, exactly during the middle of the night because he and don't think he al- can save. Also, him. also, this was the guy who saw one little bit of light in his father, Darth Vader, 
and refused to kill him. That's an excellent point. Which is my. This is one of the reasons Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. Um, I know a lot of people don't like certain aspects of it. Um, it has problems, sure, but one of the reasons it's my favorite is because of that last battle. One, the lightsaber fight's amazing, but just that that moment where. Darth Vader is on the floor, you know, and he's like breathing really funny and his hand's cut off and there's a wires coming out and Luke kind of looks at his robot hand <laughs> and he realizes like, oh crap, I'm turning to the dark side and he throws his lightsaber away and says to the Emperor, you know, I'm not going to do it, you know. Um, and and that's, that's the moment where Luke won. Even if he died, he was willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. That, that's Luke. Now, Ryan Johnson has skipped 30 years and gone, Luke is the opposite of that, without explaining, anyth- like, without explaining that journey. And, and because these new movies are so bad at world building and character building, we don't get a sense of his progression of, over those 30 years. Maybe you know, he just so has all, the, all the critics, a lot of the critics who uh, love the film, in their reviews, they all say how the movie is fantastic because of the subversion mm. of what we think Star Wars should be. Yeah. But I've never seen anyone ac- like, accurately defend why the subversion was necessary or like I'm not against subversion mm. certainly but if you're going to subvert something you should have a good reason yeah. and it should be executed in exactly. a well in a well and, well done way yeah and your character should have an overall arc whereas Luke is his cynical 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 and then he kind of transport himself to crate and to to distract I mean, and it's, it's kind of like it what? seems like and they, then he dies it's like well he's we for me yet. his character hasn't finished that no, arc we, yet we know nothing about why he's like he is for, exactly. all, for all the audience might know he might just have seasonal affective I, disorder I and he like, needs some sun I feel like there's this missing time where there was a trilogy they skipped over you know like there was a trilogy set between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Luke's transition to the dark where, yeah where Luke was where Luke was training uh, the students and Kylo turned and and that's when Luke started to go down this this cynical path. I'm like, where was those movies? We needed those movies because these new uh, Force Awakens last year. I don't really explain that, and I it feel seems like, like it's just done for the sake of it. Yeah, it. it it's just a way to to reboot the series. Like I keep saying, they just skip skip all the all the good stuff. Um, just so they can reboot the series and bring in bring in new toys, um, it, it's kind of like you know how I said with Justice League, it feels unearned because Batman v Superman was so dark and brooding and you know trying to deconstruct Superman and all this stuff, and then Justice League was like, oh no, Superman's awesome. Everyone loves Superman. Even Batman, who tried to kill him, loves Superman. You know, and the whole world who hated Superman loves Superman. And I'm like, wait, we did we skip a movie? What's going on? You know. Um, it feels Last Jedi feels like that. It feels like there was a movie or a trilogy that we needed between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens to sort of explain a lot of the stuff. And and I heard you know I heard an interview with Mark Hamill where he says usually you know or sometimes at least a director or a writer will give the actor notes on you know where the character's backstory is, even if it's never said in the film. Um, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, Luke has been here for 30 years and this is why he's the way he is. And Hamill has said that J.J. Uh, Abrams gave him no notes and Ryan Johnson gave him no notes. So d- does, does that mean Ryan Johnson and J.J. had no idea where Luke was 
or they just knew where he was and they just refused to tell. I think Hamel. they just didn't care. I, I think for them, it I was, think so. Yeah. It was as simple as saying he's old, he's bitter, he's yeah. on this island. It doesn't but matter how he got there. That yeah. subversion is not enough. You have to have the character development. You have to have the world building that ties into all that. You it's, can't it's, just say yeah. he he was this way. Now he's this it's way. It's been huh. edgy. It's been yeah. edgy for edginess. That's, that's why people are like, oh, this this new this is the best Star Wars movie. You know, these new Star Wars movies are so great. You know, they're subverting. I'm like. But they're not doing anything other than that. And then, of course, there's all the problems of how bad, you know, totally inconsistent the movie is and, and all the bad special effects and all that stuff. Um, it's like, that's not enough. You can't just do that. Also, like, if there's no light left in Kylo, so that means there's no redemption for him. Like, you have to kill him off. Um, and even, even when Luke goes to Leia at the end of the movie and he says, like, there's not, I can't bring him back. And Leia's just like, I know. And then he goes to confront him. I'm like, so Leia has accepted that Kylo must die. Luke has accepted that Kylo must die. And it becomes this really sick perversion of, of Star Wars where it's like, we just need to assassinate this guy. So is episode nine going to be Ray goes to assassinate Kylo? There's no, going to be no... They say there's no light left in Kylo, but there's yeah. a scene in the movie where he doesn't shoot. Oh, Leia? Yeah. True. He has the option... Yeah. To destroy the ship or whatever, and he just does it. Yeah. But so see, that's is that so that's like a little subtle sort like, of nod that maybe he does have light, but then like, they contradict that feel, later yeah, on. It feels like bad writing because they contradict it so many times where Luke says, I sensed all the bad things he was gonna do. I sensed no light, <laughs> so I was gonna murder him in his Look, sleep. That's, that's very much a <laughs> dark, that's very much a dark right. side way of thinking, don't yeah, you think? Two wrongs like, don't make a right, Mr. Yeah. Johnson. That's that's a very much of a Sith way of thinking, yeah, right? It's like, oh there's no light in him, he better die. Again, like I said, it nullifies the Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was Luke getting so close to becoming to going to the dark side but you know pulling back so now 30 years later he's doing it again he slips in his whole day (laughs) (laughs) whoops it's kind of like but then it's like i feel like there's no art real arc because now he's dead and in the next movie really conceivably he'll come back as a force ghost for a couple of scenes with yoda oh my god (laughs) don't get me started well i've got a whole section on yoda well and uh anakin what's his name the other actor the name oh, me off the top of my head. Wait, which one? The Hayden Christensen one or the Hayden original, Hayden original Sebastian Shaw Hayden one? Christensen. Oh god. I feel like I feel like that's something Ryan Johnson would do, just as a middle finger. <laughs> just subvert expectations. Yeah. So I feel like it's less than a, of an you know, whereas, you know, from from the first Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi, there's a progression of Luke as a character. He gets he gets more battle hardened, he gets more a bit darker, he learns things, he, he becomes less naive. I feel like The Last Jedi is less of an evolution of Luke and more of a complete corruption of his character just to be edgy, like we were saying, yeah. and not, not to have any point or not to have any arc or redemption, just because just yeah, we have it, to be different. It's we just subversion, so Star Wars can... As, as Ryan Johnson said, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, because I can't find the, the article, yeah. uh, Star Wars needed to change for it to continue to be relevant. Mm. That's pretty on the money. It's not what he said exactly, but it was close to those words. Yeah. I don't think Star Wars had a problem. Like I, I That's feel the like thing. a lot of people are now being saying, "Well, Last Jedi kind of proves that Star Wars had a problem, and Last Jedi was kind of fixing that problem." I'm like, "What was that problem?" Yeah, the, I, people love the originals for a reason, you know. Uh, yeah, even you look at the books. I mean, and I know there are a lot of problems with the books, but the the books that came before these new films, they were very much in the tradition of the the original yeah, series, and they I, continued very successfully. I for wrote many down years. I wrote down this whole thing that I was going to talk about, um, but I didn't know if we'd have time. Let me see if I can find it. Um, 
people like me who argue that they don't want the movies to be too similar to the you know the originals, but they also don't want to be too different. You know, people who don't understand that they kind of there's a balance you need. Where nostalgia is fine. I mean, I'm I'm all for the couple of references. I'm all I'm all for that. But as long as it doesn't override the whole film, which we, in in Force Awakens and Rogue One, um, and even a little bit in Last Jedi, it kind of gets too much. You know, it becomes a, just a references and self parody. Um, the new movies should be the same in tone, feeling, and production design to the original trilogy but new or different in the story, characters, and locations. The genre should be the same. Like, yeah, like the expanded universe, those books took the characters in new directions. They introduced new species, new characters, new storylines, new enemies, new friends. But but they they looked the same. They felt the same. The characters spoke, you know, the same sort of... um, It it wasn't that complete departure into Marvel slapsticky... Uh, area and it also wasn't a complete beat for beat remake of one of the original trilogy which Force Awakens is and and uh Last Jedi gets pretty close to Empire Strikes Back as well. Um also the new movies do uh yeah there's the lack of feeling of the original trilogies in the new movies and so there's a really in the new movies is they do a really bad job of of creating the new story and characters but also seem to completely they have a complete disregard for character development world building and expanding on what was seen in the original trilogy so it's like it's not it's not just about stars it's about the filmmaking behind and the the storytelling it's like we should be seeing a world that looks and feels like star wars but has new characters and new ideas and and new what we're getting is this weird superhero movie that doesn't really make sense a couple of weeks ago uh you asked the question where are the races from the originals from the original movies? Exactly, and I I thought about that for a second, and I thought, my God, yeah, you were so surprised. You're like, there was no Twi'leks. I said, well, when I realised, I'm like, there's no Twi'leks, there's no Rodans. Yeah, um, you know, I couldn't believe it, and so I think that speaks to what we're what what you're saying yeah. is that they're trying yeah. so hard to push Star Wars yeah. in a new direction that they're forgetting that there were previous movies yeah. with their own alien races, their I own know, ways of doing things. I know, I know, uh, comic books and video games are very different from movies, and I'm not trying to say, you know. It's a one-to-one comparison, but if you read some of the comic books from the '90s and some play some of the video games from the '90s, they looked and felt like Star Wars. Oh yeah, you know, like Jedi. The what is it? Uh, Jedi Knight. Um, Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, and uh, you know, Shadows of the Empire, and uh, uh, Dark Forces, and they, they were really cool. They really had the, the sound design and, and the feeling of Star Wars and the production design. Um, and the way people spoke and, and the languages and the races, uh, the species and all that. But they had new characters and new stories. Crimson Empire is a great comic book where everything looks and feels like Star Wars, but you're telling a new story about one of the Red Guards from, you know, Emperor's Red Guards. You know, just uh, um, the the Thrawn trilogy is probably the most famous example. It's probably the, the most highly regarded of the expanded universe material. And that's because it feels like Star Wars... But it takes the characters and it evolves. You know, Luke's, Luke's you know, starting a new and it, school it's and, so good. and Leia's starting the new Republic. And it's so good that they're keeping aspects of that in the canon. Exactly. But I feel like the new movies don't do a good job of that at all. They they completely throw everything out the window. They're like, this is wipe the slate clean. We're going to start again. It's a reboot. But here's all this nostalgia stuff. Um, and, and, and I feel like the new movies are... 
it's for people to have the ability to watch Star Wars without actually watching Star Wars. Does that make sense? Yeah. So people who don't want to chuck in the original trilogy can watch these new movies, whether it be with their kids or, or on, their, on their own or with their friends. It's like, but really, they, they, all they want is the references to Yoda. They don't want to watch Empire Strikes Back and have to watch the Yoda scenes. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I feel like we've said this time and time again on this show when we're talking about Star Wars. It's a Marvel hero movie with Star Wars characters. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a that, again, though, that leads into the larger discussion of f- films today and what gets released yeah. today. Because Disney's like, well, yeah, sure, we'll make a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But it but has to do well at the box office. It has office. to tick all the points. And it, it has yeah. to, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it's good as long as it makes money. You know, the, it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars as long as it makes money. The original know. Star Wars movies weren't necessarily for children. And I say that in the sense that there was no... In, yeah. in, in a new hope... I feel like people, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, George Lucas says they're for kids and, you know, you can tell they're for kids. I'm like... No. Not really. Well, honestly, maybe, but... It's a genre... Keep in mind also, this is the late 70s, early 80s. Kids' movies are a lot different now than they were back then. There's... I was right Gremlins, about to say, Gremlins is a kids' movie. That's violent and dark and creepy. There's and weird, a genre you know? of movies that we don't get today called family movies. <laughs> yeah. No, there's like, yeah, for, there, there should be for something yeah. for everybody. And we don't really, aside yeah. from the but like, think Pixar about, movies. Think about like the original Star Wars, it's pretty lighthearted. But like Obi-Wan chops a guy's arm off and there's all <laughs> blood everywhere. And I'm like, this is the late 70s. This is what kids' movies were. This is when PG meant you could have blood and. And and yeah, you uh, needed a, a, you needed a parent and, to make sure it wasn't inappropriate. Yeah, and it's kind of like now PG means just really kids kids stuff. Like G PG has become G, PG thirteen has become PG, um, and R has become M. M. <laughs> my, look, <laughs> my, I'm, my mixing, point, I'm mixing up the American yeah. and the. My point. You, my, you get my point. Yeah. Like movies have changed from the seventies and eighties yeah. to now. My point is that the original Star Wars movie didn't need. Uh, CG screaming opera alien singers. Exactly, yeah. To, they, it was a kid. It was kid friendly yeah. because it was a story about courage. It was a story about yeah, hope. It was the hero's journey. It was That's, the romance, as yeah, you said. Exactly. And this it film, was fla- people still don't understand. Star Wars is just Flash Gordon. Like, yeah, that's what George Lucas was going <laughs> it's a, for. It's a spaghetti yeah. western in space. Pretty much, it's yeah. Flash Gordon. It's, it's a, it's a, it's so a pirate movie. It's an, they uh, need to, a medieval movie. They need to make this new franchise child-friendly, yeah. so they they throw in all the in, inappropriate yeah, slapstick and, stuff yeah. and all this business, and yeah. it just feels Which wrong. One, one or two is fine. You know, there's little funny aliens in the original trilogy, too, but they don't override... But the, the movie. you know the the comedic uh, elements of this film, like yeah. when Poe's like, "Am I holding?" Poe? Yeah, there's like, a there's a your mama joke in the first five minutes of this of the last yeah. Jedi. Are you kidding me? And like that that kind of comedy, I feel is so forced. Like maybe I'm just maybe I just, no, I'm just not with it. Like I feel like the, I mean I really like Thor Ragnarok. It's really funny. Um, and it has, I guess, some similarities in terms of the silly humor. But I feel like whereas Taika Waititi is a really good filmmaker and there's a lot of improv there and a lot of you know and a lot of momentum there you know the Star Wars these new Star Wars movies are really just the difference is though Thor is cringy like, cringy yeah, <laughs> awful. Thor goes into it being like this movie's heavy metal yeah. and it's like hasn't it's also, not also it hasn't Thor, got that yeah it's not hasn't got that rich back also Thor is is basically he-man it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> and 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 this is kind of coming at a yeah. point in the Marvel universe where it's like they're Opening up a little more to the yeah, look, creative freedom. Thor whereas isn't Star serious. Wars, yeah, whereas Star Wars is kind of like they've completely thrown everything out the window, and they're just like, let's let's do whatever we want. Let's do slapstick. Let's do whatever. Um, then, like, I really hate the action in the movie. Like Luke, um, 
when Kylo fights Luke and Luke's doing like Matrix moves and he's like it, sliding. They were kind of cool though. I was just mm. like, it, it. They were kind of cool. It's so silly. I don't. I don't. It's like, and he's not even, <laughs> he's not even there. So it's like, what? What's the point? Also, why did? Why was the? Why did R two have a map of to where Luke is, if he didn't want to be found? <laughs> is that a retcon? Was Was Ryan Johnson saying that R two had the had the like someone else put the map in, map into Luke or I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I think that's, that's a good. A, that's, that's an oversight. I feel yeah. like <laughs> that's a little flaw. Anyway, I think one really big question I had was did. This is this has kind of been coming up in in the last couple of days, just recently, and it's like, did Mark Hamill know Luke was going to die? Because there's rumors. I know these are silly rumors, and I don't want to put much stock in them. But I thought it was be interesting to discuss. I feel like Mark Hamill didn't know Luke was going to die, and they kind of edited it that way without him. I don't know if that's true. I think it's just a rumor. But there's some interviews of him you know, talking about the film and you see him at the premiere before he goes in, he's like jumping around happy. After he comes out, he's devastated and he doesn't say anything. (laughs) He doesn't say anything. Now, again, at the start of the show, I said, you know, what Mark Hamill says, you know, people are using that as ammunition against not liking the film. And I, you know, I don't want to make, it's unfair for him, but I think it's really interesting if he didn't know. um, And just like, it, well, look, it, the de- the death didn't make sense, in, in, for, in it, my perspective. It I feel doesn't. Like it doesn't make sense for his character. It doesn't f- kind of finish his arc. It also like has there ever been a history of a Jedi just dying less for, for well, apparently I mean, being tired? Th- there's there's this uh, there's this kind of thing where it's like, well, Obi Wan kind of lets himself be sacrificed so that he can become one with Force and help uh, Luke in his journey to become a Jedi. And it's kind of like people are saying, oh, it's kind of the same. Where yeah, it's but like, no, doesn't Obi Wan get murdered? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Luke is just I like, mean, I've had enough. Boop. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's kind of like, well, you know, Obi-Wan technically does die before the lightsaber hits him, but it's like, I don't think that's ever been confirmed if he deliberately dissolves before. Well, from the expanded um, universe, again, take yeah. this with a grain of salt. Yeah. This is not canon anymore. Mm. When Jedi die, they don't leave remains. Yeah. Uh, when they die, they just their bodily disappear yeah. into the force. If but you see, will. this is one of the things that the prequels kind of ruined. It's where where Jedi's had to learn to become one with the force. And apparently, there's a stupid deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith where like Qui Gon, the ghost of Qui Gon, contacts Obi Wan and like tells him how to become one with the force. Like it's so stupid that I don't buy Qui- it, for some reason Qui Gon was the one Jedi who figured out how to become one with the force. Well, it's ha- so so stupid. That's, that sounds have silly. Heard, have you heard the new George Lucas quotes going around no, that have been that? unearthed? Um where was it? Uh so the news headline it came it was only a couple of days ago. It says George Lucas makes a big Star Wars admission. We're making the Phantom Menace he quoted as being uh telling a, a, an early screening audience that he may have gone too far in a few places. Uh, it's the movie's a little disjointed. It's bold in terms of jerking people around. Um, is this George Lucas talking about the prequels? This is George Lucas talking about the Phantom Menace. No and way. And he says, in a space of ninety seconds, we go from lamenting the death of a hero to escaping, and then to a slightly comedic scene with Jar Jar and Anakin returning in a very short period of time. <laughs> it boggles the mind. Wow. This is on a. This is on like some featurette that's been released. Yeah. At least he feels remorse. <laughs> I mean, it's taken him long enough to realize no, that he's been trying to defend it. No, apparently, this was set at a Phantom Menace early screening. 
So he knew it was oh, bad. No, yeah, have you seen that uh, behind the scenes footage where they watched the first cut of Phantom Menace and everyone's like devastated? It's like dead quiet. <laughs> Apparently Spielberg was there and he was like, George, this is terrible. Um, because everyone was like so hyping it up and then they're just like, oh my God. Um, anyway, uh, what else? Ray does nothing in the movie, even though she's the new character who's supposed to be taking this trilogy and, and becoming the main through, you know, the main character throughout it. Um, she spends the whole movie on the island, then disappears for the climax until she moves the rocks, and then that's her character done. Like she doesn't really do actively do anything. She doesn't really learn anything except that the Jedi suck and that she's going to take the Jedi and her sort of. She's going to teach the Jedi. It's like, but she doesn't. Well, but she doesn't know anything. Yeah. How would she teach what she knows innately? Yeah, and. And I feel like, again, like, this is where Ryan Johnson comes in and he's like, well, the Jedi isn't a thing you can teach. Uh, the Force isn't a thing you can teach. It's just something you have. And I feel like, what? I feel like he doesn't understand the Force. Yeah, this is, this is the problems I have. Um, yeah, so even though Ryan Johnson spends the whole movie saying, kill the past, let the past die, and let's take, you know, let's wipe the slate clean and have these new characters take over, he, spend, he also spends the whole movie, you know, with Luke um, instead of Rey and, you know... And occasionally he has to go and look at what Finn's doing because Finn's a character they have to have in there. Um, <laughs> He's contractually obligated. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said, Ryan Johnson legitimizes the prequels. Um, even though people have spent the last 15 years bashing the prequels, now that The Last Jedi has come out, it's brought out this weird support for the kind of corrupted, sterile world we see in the prequels, where it's like everyone hated them, but now that The Last Jedi kind of re-legitimizes re them, um, everyone's going, oh, but actually it makes sense what, that Luke doesn't like the Jedi because, you know, oh, what happened to in, you know, in Revenge of the Sith and all this? And it's like, why are people even having this discussion? People hated the prequels. Why are we, why are we saying they're... I think I don't think anyone now. I don't think anyone honestly wants to defend the prequels. I think that defending the prequels helps them defend the Last Jedi yeah. by using it as a reference point, so they can say, "Yeah, well, the Last Jedi makes sense because look at what happens in the prequels." Yeah. So it just helps them defend the Last Jedi, and yeah. it's yeah. okay if you like the Last Jedi, right? I mean, art is subjective. Yeah. So if you like it, that's fine. But a lot of people don't for legitimate reasons, and yeah. you can't say the prequels aren't that bad to yeah. Yeah. serve your cause when they're objectively terrible. Yeah, I think Cullen's right. People are picking points that they like yeah. from movies they hate to defend because they their... feel they need to yeah. defend this movie. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I said it before, but I'll just kind of reiterate how... like Ryan Johnson's trying to deconstruct the Star Wars universe in the middle of this trilogy when he should just accept all the things in the movie and then talk about the you know and then develop the characters in the world so you can imagine a lord of the rings movie where in the middle of the of the lord of the rings trilogy they're just like why are they why are the elves you know so good looking and why are they all rich and everything and the dwarves are all miners and and you know that's not fair let's let's have gimli go off on an adventure where he learns that the elves are actually secretly you know enslaving the dwarves and 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 you know like Fro frodo's you know you know like he's not this great hero you the know, hobbits he, aren't good the people. hobbits are actually you know they, they say the hobbits are pure you know and, and they're innocent but actually they're, they're gluttons yeah they're gluttons it's just like the wizards. Why, about the wizards? The, you, the wizards aren't yeah. good people. It's like, why are you getting bogged down in, in deconstructing the universe? Just accept that there are elves, accept that there are dwarfs, and move on. And that's kind of like the problem with The Last Jedi. It's accept the Force, accept the Jedi, and tell the story and the characters. Don't get bogged down in trying to demythologize the movies that everyone loves. You know? 
Why is that necessary? Like, just that's when people start talking about how it's good to demythologize Star Wars. Yeah. My thought is, but I like my Star Wars mythologized. Exactly. Like, I want that. Where's that law? Yeah. People, people love. Callum, you and I always talk about the expanded universe. We love all that juicy stuff. And it, the, the, it keeps the romance. Yeah. You know, like that, 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 um, I want to say desire to be a Jedi. You know, mm. people want to be a Jedi because yeah. they're like the warriors of yeah, justice kids, and that. Kids growing up wanted to be. They're space a paladins. Jedi. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like any uh, medieval movie. You want to be a knight in shining armor. Yeah. You don't want to be a peasant or, or whatever. Um, you don't need reality yeah, in these movies. They, exactly. Good guys are supposed to be good. Bad and, guys and are supposed not, to be bad. That's not to say Star Wars movies can't have deep themes or anything like that. It's just you, you don't want to deconstruct it and say, you know, and talk about when you... It loses, it loses what makes it... The, exactly. mystique, the mystique, mystique of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, we're almost out of time, but I want to move on to Finn. Talk about Finn and Rey. Finn's arc in the movie... He he's about to jump ship to to protect. To be fair, he's going to protect Ray. He's not jumping ship because he's trying to run away. He's trying to warn Ray to, you know. So whatever. But he gets stopped by Rose. She tases him. Um, then they have to go off to Canto Bite, the casino planet. Um, and and Finn learns, which yeah, which is, we've already talked about how terrible it is. Where where Finn learns that uh, war is bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. War, war, war is bad. And. Um, like like in Rogue One, all of that stuff is surface level and, and completely unnecessary. You know, Rogue One had that scene where the rebel, the not the rebels, the the kind of extremist faction, uh, Saw Gerrera's extremist faction, like blew up a, a, a imperial tank, and then there's a a little girl crying in the street, and I'm just like. This is so forced and unnecessary and surface level. There's no depth there, even though, you know, everyone likes to pretend Rogue One is this dark war movie. It's not. It's a stupid movie where they tried to make things like a gritty war movie and it failed. And this is the thing with Canto Bite. It's like, why are they kind of trying to deconstruct the war against the First Order? It's like, it's good versus evil. Don't, don't. But we have to bring capitalism yeah. into it. Yeah, it's like, oh, capitalism's bad, okay? And, and, and then, yeah, like DJ... Uh, uh, which is a terrible name. Why is he called DJ? It sounds sounds like a it sounds like a character from a sitcom. But um, Benicio del Toro's character, you know, tells Finn that you know both sides are as bad as each other. The best thing to do is just to not join either side and and be a free agent. That's he, the that's the Star Wars spirit. Yeah, and but I'm yeah, just but like then, then, they're, then the first and then, order wins. Yeah, and, and then and then but but Finn doesn't really take that advice at all, and he doesn't really learn anything from that. So the whole thing becomes pointless. But anyway. We learn that war is bad, okay? Now, Ray, alternatively on the uh, island with Luke, um, she, she goes to confront Kylo after getting nothing from Luke and wasting an hour of, of the movie. Um, and she goes to Kylo and, and uh, they fight Snoke and his bodyguards. And, and then Kylo says, join, join me, Ray. Together we can stop the war. We can get rid of the First Order. We can get rid of the Resistance. We can get rid of the Sith. We can get rid of the Jedi. And... You know, that's it. We'll we'll rule the galaxy together. Everything will be peaceful. Now, from what the audience has learned, war is bad, and and the only way to stop the war is not to join either side. But Ray hasn't learned that, so she doesn't know that. So she tells Kylo, "I'm not going to join you. You're bad." And I'm just like, "Well, I think she should have just joined him." And then that way. They could have together had a balance, a yin and yang. He's the more extreme dark side, and she's the more light, a more level-headed light side. And together, they kind of could have stopped the war, and you know made the galaxy a better place. 
Um, but because, you know, again, this is Star Wars, you can't have the main character join the, the villain. Um, and it's again, it's like, well, I'm getting mixed signals. Everything in the movie contradicts each other. You know, Ryan Johnson's saying there has to be balance. We have to bring an end to the war. War is bad. And, and uh, you know, Kylo saying, you know, all this stuff that Luke taught you is a lie and, and we should get rid of the Sith, get rid of the Jedi. But at the same time, Rey, the hero, has to reject that idea. It's like, huh? What's, it, what's he saying? I don't know, understand what he's saying. Um, then, of course, Finn uh, returns back to the uh, big ship thing and uh, has a fight with uh, Captain Phasma who shows up for five seconds. Again, wasted. Contractually obligated yeah, scene. Yeah, pointless, pointless character gets killed off. Uh, there's also that terrible thing where BB-8 is controlling a walker and it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. BB-8, BB-8, they just turned BB-8 into X- Inspector Gadget. He's the most powerful character in the movie now. He shoots coins and kills all these guys. Like, he's crazy. Like, it's, it's kind of like Atu in, in the prequels where he becomes so powerful. He's got jet, uh, jet propulsion engines and all this stuff. And there's that really weird bit at the start of Revenge of the Sith where he douses some battle droids in oil and then sets them on fire with these uh, rockets. I'm just like, it's really dark and kind of disturbing. And bb is kind of the same way. They really they take everything way too far. And, you know, people who are saying, oh, you know, Last Jedi is way better than the prequels. I'm like, it's the same problems we're having here. Um, but anyway, yeah, Finn, you know, kills Phasma. It's like, there's no real emotion. There's no, I don't care. This this and is something that should have happened in the first movie to kind of cement his role in the Resistance. But also they built Captain Phasma up so much. That's the thing. It's like... She, and we barely she, saw her. She could be cut out of the first uh, Force Awakens and she could be cut out of this film. Like, it's she should have had that development. It's like, why, it's why I talked about Boba Fett for like 25 minutes or something. Um, it's not just because Boba Fett's awesome. It's because there's... He's a simple character who, if you cut him out, you have to replace him with a lot of stuff. There's there's a lot missing there. Whereas Captain Phasma can be cut out with no real repercussions. Yeah. Um, but, like, in the media, they built Captain Phasma up yeah. as this lady chrome stormtrooper. Yeah, and people she's like, awesome and amazing. Yeah, and people are like, oh, but in the comic book, she's really cool. She has this cool backstory. I'm like, where's that? Where's that in the movie? Yeah, where's that? No, yeah, in, the mean, mov- in the movies, yeah. the stuff we get most readily. Yeah. You know, she has, like, maybe, what, 15 minutes yeah. total screen time? All of the... Um, in the expanded universe, and again, I I know it's n- maybe not be fair to compare them because one's not canon anymore. Yeah. But the way they handled it before this this reboot, yeah. Uh, all of the stories that took place before the movies and during the movies, they weren't really canon to the same extent that the books were. They were just stories for you mm. to pick up and read. They didn't matter. Yeah. There was no real backstory there. Yeah. And the all of the stuff that came after mm. came after the movies. There was yeah. no. No backstory you watch, introduced for you, you characters. Wa- you watch the movies without having having to know yeah. anything else. Everything then, else is then just to, to supplementary expand, material. That's why it's the expanded universe. Yeah. To expand the lore, to expand... So we shouldn't have to read the comics exactly. to understand Phasma because in the way they did it in the old days yeah. was characters were defined in the yeah. movies. A movie, a movie should be self-contained yes. and then you can yeah, it's evolve supplementary from that. material. It's exactly. supplementary, exactly, yeah. Um, then Finn is going to sacrifice himself to blow up that stupid giant laser miniaturized Death Star tech, he says it is. It's, so. Isn't it just like a Star Destroy it's engine just, or yeah, something? It's just a really big laser gun thing. Why does, it, why does everything have a really big laser gun in Last Jedi? There's the Dreadnought, which has a really big laser gun, and then there's this uh, Doram, which has a really... It's like people complained about the Starkiller base being just another Death Star. It's like this movie has pretty much two little Death Stars... 
Uh, it's like, like what? <laughs> what's better than one big test? Yeah, if if, <laughs> if, if, if yeah, if everyone if, if everyone has these giant lasers, why don't they just put them on tanks and and shoot each other like like Tom and Jerry? Like it's ridiculous. There's giant things everywhere. Um, so Finn's flying towards this because that's another stupid scene. Why are the AT-ATs even there? Um, in, in Empire Strikes Back, it makes sense because the Rebellion has their shield up so they, the Empire can't do a, a laser barrage, you know, artillery barrage. They, they have to penetrate it with ground troops. That's why they put the AT-ATs down so they can walk towards the... Um, the rebel base, but in this movie it doesn't make sense because the uh, there's no protective there's no terrain. protective shield, so the uh, the they, they could just blow the planet. Yeah, up. and and then it's like you could say, well, Holdo used light speed to blow up all the you know ships. I'm like, but then how did they land the Aatats if they didn't have any ships, or how did they get that giant laser? Yeah, there? there'd be other or destroyers. Why didn't they just tilt the that laser? Convoy. Why didn't they just tilt that ram laser battering ram? Uh, down at, at the from space like it's just silly it doesn't make any sense but yeah finn's about to sacrifice himself which i think would have been a good end to his arc because he's a useless character he doesn't really have much left to do or, or learn and then rose saves him and i'm just kind of like she she uh, she blamed him for being selfish for wanting to get into the escape pod but she, she herself is selfish by sac, you know, to stopping Finn from saving because she didn't know Luke was going to show up. So she stops Finn from saving the the resistance who are on their last legs. So she would have given up all those people's lives just to save Finn, and that's that's not character development. That's that's stupid. That doesn't make sense. Um, I think that if they were trying to play up the whole love thing, yeah, realistically she would have stopped him before. I think that she would have yeah. said, don't do this, or, you know, I think it would have been better if she sacrificed herself in place of him, you know. Um, at least that way, there's still... But it just... like they, Also, when they're on Kenta Bite, they give a lot of Finn's development to Rose, where Rose is telling stories about where she grew up and, and how bad the First Order are and stuff. I'm like, we still don't learn anything about Finn. Like, why, would, why, didn't, she, why didn't he respond to her? Like, I know exactly what you mean. I've... I grew up in the first order. I was treated so badly. No, we don't learn anything. Um, they really waste time with new characters who are not interesting when they should be you know, trying to develop the old characters who um, they haven't been doing a good job with. Yeah, so he, Finn, Finn would have sacrificed himself and, and saved the day, really. Um, and the only reason he didn't is because Ryan Johnson says so and so, <laughs> Luke, and so Luke can force project himself. Uh, onto the planet. It's really, it's and really silly. Di- and then die. And then die anyway. So he should have just gone to the planet, like if he was going to die anyway. But then it's like I feel like I feel like Ryan Johnson. To give Ryan Johnson some credit, I feel like he wanted to kill Finn, but di- that's probably one of the Disney things where they put their foot down. Where Disney was like, you can do some weird stuff, but you can't kill off Finn because technically he's a new main character and we have to sell toys and etc. So I, I feel like that's that's a <laughs> case. Still, I'm still wondering whether or not if Luke. Knew if Mark Hamill knew Luke was gonna die, dude, it, I'll, sh- if, I'll send you that video of him before please, the premiere and after. You know, please face. do because it's like I can just imagine Ryan Johnson being like, "How else can we be provocative? Yeah. Demythologize? I know we can kill Luke it's, in editing." I mean, like know, I, like I said, it's all rumors and stuff, but it's just so weird to it, think about. Like, there's that story of of um, Mark Hamill uh, only, uh, only out finding out about uh, Darth Vader's identity. 
uh, when he turned up for filming. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Harrison Ford didn't have any idea, and like no, no one no. else did. Well, Harrison Ford wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, the only people who knew were George Lucas, the director, Irvin Kershner, and then they let Mark Hamill know for his performance, so that when he reacted, it made sense. Uh, what what David Prowse, the actor in the Darth Vader suit, said be- because on the script it said Obi Wan is your father. Um, so that they were keeping it a secret because they didn't want it to get out. And then later, of course, James Earl Jones dubbed the voice to say, you know, I am your father. So there is there is like kind of, I guess, a tradition no, of I mean, changing that, endings. That's, that's a case of where you you don't want you don't want to spoil it. Yeah. yeah, you don't. They do that in a lot of movies where they don't want to spoil it for for fans. Thor, and, well, Thor was having an eye on all the trailers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's, point. That's another case. Whereas this is like they 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 gave you know Mark Hamill filmed the movie. And then in editing, they <laughs> killed him. And, uh, and of course, I was kind of like, yeah, like, I would be mad. Like, his arc isn't finished. His redemption, he hasn't had any redemption. He's, he's expecting to go back for the next movie. And they're just <laughs> like, sorry, Luke. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mark. You're tra- you know, they sorry, Mark. Lock uh, up his trailer. Yeah. You can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> get your stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we've run out of time. I've still got heaps to talk about. Uh, we'll be back le- next week with more Last Jedi. I know people might be sick of it by now, but I think it's really important to talk about that the problems with this movie aren't just in you know in the movie itself, even though the movie has a lot of problems in the movie itself. It's like it becomes a larger... Uh, it's good to address it. ...discussion of you know superhero movies and Disney and, and uh, the filmmaking industry at the moment. And that's what this show's all about. And like I said, like, you know, if I get a podcast started, I can start doing, you know, shows like this on the podcast and I can keep this show for regular reviews and stuff. But we'll see where, where that goes. Um, thank you very much to Callum and Nathan for coming well, in thank again. You. Thank Any you for time. having us. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the listeners out there. Um, thank you very much. Please like and share the Man vs. Movies Facebook page and you can rate, review and subscribe the Man vs. Movies iTunes pay, uh, you know, podcast. That would be really helpful. Um, stick around uh, if you're listening live on the radio. Matt's up next with his show Car Talk. I'm pretty sure that's it. May the force be with you and catch you later. We hope you enjoyed this special flashback episode. What you just heard was a re-upload of an old show. If you'd like to keep up with our current show, The Tuesday Review, please like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TuesdayReviewAU and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can find The Tuesday Review wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, cousins.